Okay, so Allie, I think the worst part of all of this mm-hmm. was when I uh, joined an entirely new library in another town mm-hmm. just to get a copy of this movie. Mm-hmm. So now on their computers in Deerfield, Illinois, the only thing I have a record of using their library for is the Panty Raid edition of Revenge of the Nerds, which I checked out with a three-year-old in tow. There goes your chance to be mayor. Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we're a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And welcome to the 25th episode of A Match, Match Made, Made in, in Space. Space! And we celebrated it by doing a movie that almost broke me. I think it almost broke... Oh I think it almost God. broke us. You like, really can't go home again. No. But before we go too far into this, I want to make... A formal apology to you, uh, in, to and, and take a little take a little bit of a you know we're gonna part the kimono oh. if you will. Oh, oh ew. Uh, Go behind the curtain. Oh my god. We're gonna you know considering um, all the Asian racism in this you're movie. You're right. Yeah. You kind of just went I, real yeah, I, I, there. I, I, I was stealing a, I was stealing something from the my brother my brother and me podcast Dang. that they use. But yeah, now that I think about it, this is bad context. <laughs> anyway, a little show you how the sausage is made. I guess. Um, <laughs> Uh, to bring it back to Chicago. Um, for a backstage pack. You know, we, uh, you know, in our cold open, um, you know, or as we call it, uh, behind the scenes, our random shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually I was, tagged like I slurred a bit on the name of the town of Deerfield, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Instead, it sounded like Fairfield when, uh, when Allie did a playback. We do these random shits mainly to test our mic volume and make sure we have it right. And we're like, oh, my, and uh, Allie had made an incredibly obscure X-Men uh, joke uh, that Kitty Pride would feel shame originally. And we had to go back and change that because there was no way I was going to redo the whole, the whole cold open, which was just me rambling you know, off the top of my head uh, just to correct my own slurring. So we, ki- so we lost a really nerdy joke, and Allie was very sad about it. So I wasn't I that sad you about it. You were pretty bummed. You were bummed. You're like, I like that joke. You I know. was actually more proud of so myself for, the, for making for the that four, joke. So for the four people on Earth who might have actually caught that joke and realized, you know, what I was going on, congratulations. I, I put it back in, Allie, for Aww, them. Aw, you're so sweet. So, Thank yeah, you. we did. I feel, like, I feel like we had a coming together of us, like, actually liking each other in that one moment because yeah, you said something briefly. nice to me. Now, now we're about to go to a place where John hates me because I suggested this movie. No, but I agreed to it knowing full well. I knew full well it wasn't that good full and it dis- had problematic parts. Yeah. But Full uh, disclosure, I'll, I will say that we had actually discussed this movie without even thinking about it for this podcast um, after we watched 16 Candles, which is one of our earlier episodes if you haven't Because 16 it. Candles also has a lot of problematic Yeah, major parts. problems that didn't hold up. Same thing with Adventures in Babysitting. There were moments in there you're like, ooh, there's homophobia. Yeah, which is, which is, not as much, but there's definitely moments. But this movie is fraught with... Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can yeah. go and, a scene without it. And, we'll and I think we should also just, just clarify, uh, in case we never really made it very clear, we're doing 1984's Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah. Uh, directed, <laughs> directed by Jeff Kenu and starring, you know, Robert Carradine, Anthony Edwards, uh, uh, 
the booger. <laughs> Curtis, Curtis is his name. So yeah, I know, Curtis. but it's booger. He's booger. booger. No matter what what role he's done, sorry, you're booger forever now. Um, bunch of other people. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ted McGinley. Ted McGinley. You know, Julie, noted noted TV show. Uh, you know, ruiner Ted McGinley. Yeah. Um, various other things. Um, so yeah, just just so we knew in there. But yeah, like this was a movie. You know, in full disclosure, I think both of us probably really liked this movie as kids. Yeah, for sure. You know, and you know, probably both of us were not the most popular kid in school, so we probably at some point identified yeah. in some capacity with the nerd characters then. But that was a long time ago, and I mean, I I was fully aware from you know just paying attention to the world, you know, and and remembering things that. This is a massively problematic movie in yeah. a lot of ways. But I was hoping maybe it would be problematic, but you know, occasionally, you know, like I'm I'm not highbrow. I'm not a no, I'm not yeah. a proud man. I don't need you know, like I, I like some garbage, you know. But this is this movie just oh. Anyway, uh yeah. let, let's, let's, let's we'll go but into can I that. Say, can a I say bit. the first thing about it that I actually think is still holds up to this to this day? Mm-hmm. There's like one thing that I think actually is was pro- Okay, and it reminds me of as if we were watching um, uh, Waiting for Guffman mm-hmm. and Bob Balaban is doing the music in Waiting yeah. for Guffman and it's like he has this beautiful orchestra and it's <laughs> brilliantly put together with this schlocky, awful yeah. community theater very, style Yeah, show. it's like a very, very professionally, yeah. uh, you know, account. Yeah, It's like brilliantly done. And I feel like the music, the soundtrack in yeah. this is actually pretty badass. Yeah. The soundtrack holds up. I mean, it's dated. It's, it's dated, very, it's but, very 1984. But it throws you into the place. You feel it. And I really thought that their choice of music was yeah, done it, really I, well. The only, actually, the only problem I have with the soundtrack is the fact that the specter of Devo hovers over it throughout the movie. The specter of Devo hovers over this movie, but they couldn't actually, either they couldn't or wouldn't actually pull the trigger and actually just put Devo in the movie or in the soundtrack. Right. You know, like, so, you know, like, and we'll get to that as yeah. we go, as we move through the movie, because, you know, like, there's Devo posters. But even, but even. There's, like, reference, right. like, the, even, outfit, the outfits at the end. Yes, we're very Devo. You know. But I'm saying, but, okay, so yes, I'm with you on that. I agree. It was sort of like, it was like, well, how could we have it be Devo without being Devo? But what I would. And weirdly enough, it, the way to do it was to get the Ruben News, pop, you know, uh, power pop 70s legends, the Ruben News. Doing their best slash worst Devo impression yeah. for the title song. I like the title song as a cheesy thing. Yeah. But the Rubenus, they're legit. They're a legit great power pop band, yeah. and it's just weird to hear them do this like we, this clanky nerdy new wave. Yeah. <laughs> like like it just it, it's it's very strange. Well, and I'm even gonna go a little bit further and talk about about the incidental music. Or and, and when I say incidental, I, I mean nothing that you would necessarily. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like recognize or music that wasn't it's not like it's going to be on the soundtrack but just little moments like the like at the end when um when uh uh anthony edwards and we'll get to this but when he comes over you know to the pep rally and he tries to pull the mic down to talk and um the coach is struggling with him and then in walks you know the lambda chapter yeah and, they, they... and the music they use i think is just it's it's Perfect. Well, like, <laughs> yeah. perfectly, yes. But I'm saying it's perfectly something. It's uh, perfectly something. But my point is that it like gets the point across. Right. Yeah. You didn't need all the extra that goes on with it, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. So I guess I guess we should probably go back and yeah, do our. Do I guess we can do our elevator pitches. Do you want to go first oh, or? Uh, um. I mean, it's it's actually it actually is a fairly easy elevator pitch. Although for the time, I will say. The idea of celebrating someone who, you know, for being a loser. Yeah. You know, in the 80s, that was not 
I mean, or really even before that. That that was not like for its time the idea of making the losers whatever. But you know, like, but it's got a fairly simple elevator pitch. I, I guess I'll do it. Nerds versus jocks and nerds win. Woohoo! All right, you're done. Okay, I guess that's yours. Uh, my mine was going to be something similar, but it was gonna, you know, yeah. It again, yeah, you know, it's like it's your classic slobs versus snobs. Only in this case, the slobs are also slobs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, the snobs are also slobs and they're the nerds yeah. or something. I don't know. It's like, yeah, because the nerds are slobs. Yeah. They're bigger slobs than the jocks who are yeah. also slobs. We're it's also a slobs, slobs versus slobs, slobs comedy. Slobs, yeah. Slobs, slobs, you know, slobs, it's, slobs, 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 slobs. So I guess, yeah, we we didn't do a very good elevator pitch, but we actually pretty much did exactly what the movie But just is. wait until we get into this movie, y'all. And, and I we, could, s- uh, we could get into this movie at any time, too. But I, I just want to say, I also want to explain a little bit about the fact that we wanted to kind of commemorate the fact that this was the 25th episode and the fact that on the fifth episode as we you know i show you you show me i show you you show me and then the fifth one for those of you who are jumping every in late, fifth episode every fifth episode it's either one that we both have seen or one that neither of us have seen and when we first started this podcast we kind of had like a a no fly list we had a group of, of movies that were like we're not gonna do that because it mostly the ones that are like really famous really, really well known it's like yeah. everyone's seen them you know, although I, I don't know, I feel like maybe, I, I don't know for a fact, maybe Revenge of the Nerds still has the cachet that it had in the 80s. Well, it is a major cult following. Right, yeah, but I mean, but I'm saying like, but like younger people, I don't know if it's a movie like Ghostbusters that young people keep rediscovering, yeah, you know, know. Or, or, yeah, like it, I don't know if it's more like a movie like Spies Like Us that like, yeah, people our age remember it, but you know. You might be right, and I, but my point is that I, the people listening to this are probably people that rem- were in our age range, at least to yeah. some degree, and probably remember it on USA Up All Night or whatever it was well, on. I think I, I think it was more, it, it, was, it, it, was, it was a bigger movie than an Up All Night. It doesn't movie. matter. I, I mean, I you know, whatever. Maybe on a Sunday, and then they took it yeah. all. How, how you could ever show this movie on regular TV? That, you couldn't do it. No, you, you couldn't do it. By the way, for, my, the, for the record, the original title of the Panty Raid edition that they changed was, it was originally called the We Got Bush edition, if that gives you an idea. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. You know. So, so but the point is that, that I, the, when we were talking through this movie, the reason that we agreed upon it, because I do think it was actually, it ended up being, to the surprise of everybody, and I literally mean to the director, the producers, and Fox, they were like, oh, this became a hit. We didn't yeah, realize Yeah, this movie, this movie was... Were shocked by it. Yeah, we but actually... We'll watch some bonus yeah. material we'll, on the DVD. For, the I don't know why. You know, normally I don't watch bonus material for movies that I despise, but yeah. somehow we got up doing it. And apparently, yeah, it was super entertaining. apparently, this movie was essentially like to go. You know, to do the trivia section, I sometimes do. This movie was supposed to kind of be a tax write-off for, for 20th Century Fox after the massive amount of money they made on uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, they you know like this movie. The director of the movie basically had had. As he, as in his own words, worse. this was he had directed two movies. One was a huge flop, and one was kind of a flop. Yeah, one was a semi flop. Yeah, one was a semi flop. You know, like it, like I think it was a matter of you know, like and it it, it was it the pressure of, from the studio was let's make this a dumb a dumb titty right. comedy. So like it was it, the studio wanted it to be this. Bad. Right. They actually pressured him to to get to the point where he said, "I'll make a dumb teenage comedy." Where he kept saying, "Like I'll put heart where there's heart," and they're like. And, and they'd asked him, like, what, when the studio execs met with him, they asked him, or he made a comment about how he thought Risky Business was a better movie than Animal House. And they were really discouraged by that. And he's like, well, I do think it's a better movie. And when he was talking to his friend who, was, who got him the meeting, and he's like, 
yeah, but what kind of movie are you going to make, Revenge gonna, of the Nerds? And he's like, I'm going to make an Animal movie. House or you going to make a Risky Business? And he's like, I'll make Are you going to make an Animal House or are you going to make a Risky Business? Yeah. Are you going to make an Animal House? He's like, yeah, you want me to say I'm going to make an Animal House? And he kept asking him the question. It's like, fine, I'll make it some dumb teenage comedy. He's like, all right, you got the job. Like, it was really yeah. crazy. Which is funny because, though, though, I will say this, and this video is hilarious for its self congratulatory nature. Oh, yeah. Everyone here is like, oh, this movie really holds up. It really, uh, yeah. And what's even funnier is they're like, you know, it would be pretty tame by today's standards, uh, you know, and whatever. I'm like, I don't think it no. would be because I honestly think nudity in movies has gone down significantly over the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. The 80s, there was so much nudity in our comedies. Yeah, and it would just know? come out of nowhere. Yeah, and it would, yeah, it was just like, and it would be, to- or any movie, like Commando. Like, remember, they come crashing through that wall yeah. and the two people just fucking. Like there's no, there's no context for it other than, Hey, here's some, here's some tits. Yeah. And that's the same, like people just take their clothes off randomly so, in this movie. Like, the, like they have, like I, they, I mean, obviously there's a reason so they can mm-hmm. do the panty raid grossness right. and part of the mini but problematic we'll parts of this movie. But my, so, so anyway, so when we came up with the idea for this movie, it was because we thought, yeah, this one was popular. However, we both started talking a little bit about it. And mostly I think it's my fault because I have a thing where I, when I've seen a movie a number of times and it's, um, there's music in it that I know, like I literally learn all the lyrics to the songs. So I yeah. would randomly bust out Yeah, we've, we've, we've talked about this on, the, on, yeah. on, on I so think I even randomly, the last episode maybe. I would randomly bust out lyrics to songs. This particular one has a, a real couple catchy tunes. So it came up, I think in the car and we started talking about it. I'm like, why don't we just do that movie? It doesn't hold up and it'll be a good one yeah. for us to be like, hey, here's a movie we all thought was so great as kids and here now we can yeah. show it as, as yeah, this is, yeah, this so is. Yeah, this is a very special uh, reason why we're doing this. Yeah, both this of is, us really liked this movie as kids, and then kind of went. It's that that moment where yeah. you're like, "Oh, but wait, are well, we?" This movie is basically, by the way, I would say it is one long ghost blowjob. Yeah. Because you know, everyone remembers Ghostbusters being this super great fun comedy movie. Not everyone, but most people. Yeah. And then you rewatch it, and it's like, it is great. And then all of a sudden, there's a ghost blowjob scene with Dan Aykroyd crossing his eyes. And it's just like, the fuck is wrong with this yeah. movie? Why is this here? Yeah. And this whole movie is basically scene after scene of ghost blowjob. Yeah. You know, I'll it's agree just, with that. Like, so, so let's, anyway, so let's, let's go ahead and start. Yeah, let's start, dive yeah. in. Yeah. So, like, before the movie even begins, you feel a nameless dread in the pit of your stomach. <laughs> and you feel like, you know, like such terror at what you're about to see. And then you hear the Fox fanfare and that's ruined forever for you yeah. because before that you could think of the Fox fanfare as this beautiful beginning into the Star Wars movies of your childhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where, let's be honest, a lot of us probably felt really weird watching The Force Awakens and not hearing the Fox fanfare. It's true. I almost feel like they should just license it out, you know, like for the beginning, you know, just to be like, you know, because in, in my mind, to be honest, as a kid, the Fox fanfare was kind of part of the Star Wars. Yeah. It, it was kind of, it was almost the, it was almost like the overture before the Star Wars Yeah, theme. I don't blame you. You know, but so it's like this movie basically ruined the Fox fanfare for me watching it now because I was like, ah, you know, and then like immediately we cut into like this, the 80s, what I call, because of a book I had as a kid, the Blips font. Oh, okay. Because I had a joke book about video games called Blips, which might have been from Blips Magazine, which I think was a magazine that uh, Marvel put out about, like, a a humor magazine about video games. It was a very um, nerdy-looking font. It's the computer font. It's the computer font. It's the way computers use... Yeah, the 80s computer font. Yeah. You know, because, you know, they're nerds. They're nerds. And they like computer You know, so... And basically, the movie starts with... Uh, yeah, like first, like, I think it's is it shots of the college first, and then back to Anthony Bedford. No, no, it's, it's, no, it's Anthony Edwards in bed with covers up to his neck. Which, yeah. Gee, let's. It's like so telegraphed that like you know, okay, he's gonna whip the covers off and he'll be fully dressed or something. 
you know. But like he, but like he's he's in bed, and, and literally my first thought seeing this is, oh god, poor Anthony Edwards. And I will say Anthony Edwards, you know, it's kind of amazing that this character and Goose are played by the same actor within yeah. like two years of each other. Yeah, it is kind of shocking. But also, it's kind of amazing in that I think Anthony Edwards officially has the role, like he is the guy in '80s movies that, like, in reprehensible '80s movies. That is, like, the closest thing to a character that I kind of like. Yeah. Like, he's the least horrible yeah. character in this movie. And I that, agree. I guess that's saying a lot. He's the most human. Like, I mean, I'm not saying he's a good character either. I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm saying he's the least worst. Yeah. Like, he's, he's the closest thing to an actual person in this movie full he's of stock smartest. horrible. <laughs> stock horribleness. Yeah. You know, this movie is just a freaking clam chowder of awful where like you've got your Ted McGinley potatoes and your, you know, Robert Carradine wrinkly old clam pieces and your uh, uh, Takahashi racist gong sounds that are somehow mixed into a chowder. Uh, the metaphor kind of lost. His name is Brian, up. by the way. The guy who plays Takahashi. I know. I know. Oh. He's, a, I've seen, We'll get back to Takahashi, but I will say I've seen him in other things where he's yeah. speaking English. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not, yeah, so anyway, he's so not Goose, Japanese so, uh, at all. So what I wrote was Anthony Goose Edwards. Uh, yeah. is in, <laughs> the Goose. <laughs> the Goose is in his... I will uh, say Anthony, Anthony Edwards is so lucky that he did Top Gun because unlike Robert Carradine, who will always be Lewis the Nerd or like, or Curtis Gray, I think is his name, Curtis, Curtis whatever his whatever name is. Edwards? Maybe. Yeah, whatever his name, his name is. Uh, but unlike him, who will Curtis always Curtis. forever be, be Booger. Booger. You know, or I guess the kid who played Worms or who only did that movie, I think. Cassis, David Cassis or something like that? Roger, Robert Cassis, I think. Or whatever, doesn't matter. He, yeah, like, you know, like, or Larry B. Scott, who will always be, you know, Lamar. who will always be Lamar. Or, if it, for, for the deeper cut, he, he, he will always be Rudy from uh, Space Camp. No, no, not for most people. Most people, look, like, when I saw Space Camp, I went, it's Lamar! Yeah, and when I, when I watched Revenge of the Nerds, I didn't go, oh, it's Rudy. No, I, I went, it's I, Lamar! I, I, I did, a little bit. I did. Yeah. A little bit. But I'm a little bit of a nerd, so yeah. it works for me. A better nerd, I guess. A <laughs> yeah. better quality of nerd. So, but yeah, like, but I will say, Anthony Edwards, okay. thank God he did Top Gun, because now yeah. he's always going to be goose to everyone, instead of always having to be Gilbert. So basically, we have this really sweet moment with him and his mom, and as John and I said later, and you'll, then later on, we, we very soon after, we meet Lewis's dad. So we meet, uh, I keep calling him Goose, Gilbert's mom, and Lewis's dad. God, this would be so much better if it was just Goose in college yeah. and he had his Goose mustache. <laughs> Which they do in the deleted scene. They show that mustache on another nerd, but that's not on. That's not. It looks like him. It's though. not him. But it's it another looks character. Just like him. He's listed in the screenplay as nerd. Yeah, it's very funny. So, um, and it's just like, and he's like, ah, oh, anyway, whatever. Yeah, long well, story. Anyway, so so it, this is sweet scene, and as John and I commented later, it I is wouldn't really, say it's that sweet, but I guess it's... I mean, it's sweet in quotes, but it's like, but at the end of it, it's like, you know, he's afraid to leave her because the dad's not around, and he doesn't want to leave her alone, and she's like, you gotta go off to college and do your thing, it's cool, go, sweet, whatever. I mean, it does it does establish that he's a, you know, he's a... He's, he's a loved He's kid. an only child with a with a single mother, and a, and, a, and his father's no longer around. Right, he, he he's obviously not left him, but he died. Yeah, I mean, he died. We yeah, find yeah, out yeah. of that about later, which I think is important too, because he obviously come, he doesn't come from a broken home, he comes from a happy yeah. home. Did, he comes from a loving home that has abandoned. a trap. Yeah, he's like, oh god, he's Peter Parker, Aww. except that's except it's his mother, not his aunt. But he's, he's Peter Parker. Oh, honey. Oh my god. John, John makes a connection. 
Um, so Peter Parker is great though, and Gilbert is only I think may, but I think it's like but Gilbert doesn't feel responsible for his father's death, so he doesn't have that motivating him, and that's what keeps him from being truly great. So uh, they get in the car, you know, she says goodbye, and then obviously Lewis and his dad, who is uh, Lewis, guy, shows up by the way yeah. while he's in bed and talks him into go like yeah. come on, we'll let's go, go, and he whips off, the, he's got his clothes yeah, on, so and right, whatever. okay, whatever. So they get in the car, and then and this is where my second poor comes in, and I, I kept writing poor so and so whenever an actor I liked was in this. So this poor was poor James, James Cromwell, Cromwell, who I'd forgotten was in this as Lewis's dad. Yeah. I will say it is perfect casting because they do oh, look like God, they, they look related. so alike. A little side note, yeah, Lewis is played by Robert Carradine who's from the acting Carradine family. A little side note, another a weird thing, he, though he plays like the worst, biggest loser nerd in the entire movie, apparently he in real life was one of the least nerdy of the cast. Yeah. He came from the Carradine acting family again. He, he actually had a I looked him up, like his career, like he did a lot of little things for a while. Um, some people actually considered him one of the best actors in that family, even though he didn't have success, like his abilities, you know, like as an actor, like, you know, and, like, and he had to be really talked into this movie. Yeah, he like, didn't want to do it. He did not want to be, because like, I, like again, I will say the one way this movie was groundbreaking was actually having people as main characters who were nerds, because before that, nerds were, it's like, I don't want to play a nerd. I don't get typecast as a nerd, which right. ironically, a lot of them did get yep. typecast as nerds. Yep. But I will say also he he was talking about how his like he said I was actually more like the jocks and that I was a real kind of kind of a jerk like he's like I you know I was I had motorcycles and Corvettes and things like that and he's like I I actually told the studio that they had to set me up they were down in Arizona and Tucson shooting this at the college and uh, he's he told the, the producers he said look if I'm gonna do this movie. Y'all gotta set. Yeah, he didn't say y'all, but he's like, you gotta set me up for about two weeks so I can get into character. Like, talk about method acting. He's like, I gotta get away from where yeah. I live and what I'm yeah, it's surrounded like all I, by. Like, I'm living in Malibu or whatever. Yeah, he's with like, like, with you know, like, you know, like, you know, yeah, you know, the beach and the the, the yeah, surfing and like the sand and the sun and the cars. Doesn't make any sense. The rock band. Like, he's apparently was in a band. Yeah, and like, like, he, like he, a whole different. He was a hot life. rod freak. Yeah, you know, so. You know, and I will say though, apparently, also he one thing he learned he definitely could get in a character was uh, once he got Lewis up, you know, and got his hair and his and his and got his glasses and whatever together, he went and rushed a bunch of fraternities. Yeah, which this is was, really the, funny. This was by the way, this movie was filmed at the University of Arizona, which never been there myself, but let's face it, it has a reputation for being like one of the biggest party schools in the country. Uh, my brother went there. Yeah. So. Um, which which says a lot yeah. about his college days. He's not like this anymore, but. right? But um, so anyway, in the car we get uh, we also we get our first dose of what will be a cur- a recurring theme in this movie: horrendous sex- sexism and objectification of women, in which they calculate the total number of boobs at the college. Oh. Which, by the way, could easily be mistaken if someone had a partial mastectomy due to an early onset cancer. Yeah. Oh, John, go there. I'm just, just saying. Go there. I'm just. Well, this, this movie is on early onset cancer. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's an awful so movie. That, and, and and then and immediately following that, when they get there, you know, there's they do a male gaze ass shot. Yeah, which is just. Ugh. Oh yeah. It's gross. Um, then we then we switch gear. Oh, so James Cromwell gives them gives Lewis, you know, advice or whatever, and then he actually does a really nice thing where he kind of takes on a fatherly role to Gilbert. The, and I will say this: that that scene is a believable, touching thing of a yeah. nerd father and his nerd son. Yeah, you know, it's true. like it it, like he does like he has like the nostalgia for college, which is also he's forgetting how awful college probably was for him too. Because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Lewis's dad wasn't getting any you know getting much action in college yeah. either, you know, um, but. Um, yeah, you know, so like basically, so yeah, and and you're right. He was very nice. He was very nice. Like you get the feeling that Lewis and Gilbert have been friends forever. Yeah, they've been friends since they were like babies. So um, and and the, weirdly enough, somehow Gilbert knows he's a nerd, but somehow Lewis Lewis does not. doesn't. He hasn't figured it out yet. Yeah, you know, like that. That's he doesn't realize he's a nerd till like the end of the movie. Yeah, which is just weird. You know, 
Um, so then we switch to the uh, Alpha Beta frat party. Yeah. Oh, wait, first we get some dumb hijinks going across. Like oh, this yeah, sub Richard Lester from Superman 3. So not even. Like, like when they're moving the that. trunk and there's just like people. Tri- it, like literally completely. I was so stone faced during that entire. Like, like all the slapstick stone face so yeah we get to the alpha beta house and the first thing you see that they the, the first thing you see is them like their ogres hanging ogre you, everyone knows ogre the big yeah. giant played by uh gib what's his name donald gib donald gib who by the way lives in chicago and is an owner and promoter of a karaoke bar trader, <laughs> the, todd's. trader todd's uh like near wrigley field and uh who my main my like my one uh connection with him at all is one day when I was walking I wasn't paying attention and I I almost ran smack dab into him while he was uh, overseeing a shipment of beer he seemed like from all from all accounts he's a very nice guy he seems like a nice guy if you hear a lot of squealing by the way this is totally off the record but you probably hear there's a pig orgy going on yeah and or it's our child who's uh, no it's both having a delightful time uh, upstairs in his He's filming a pig orgy. Yeah, well, uh, it's really uh, smart of him to do that, actually. I mean, he's not into that so much as the money he's going to get from people who are into that. Well, right, duh. He's a very clever boy. I mean, we really, I mean, somebody's going to money. We get, like, one of the the first classic, like, it's like gifts from this movie, essentially. Uh, Gifs, gifs, glyphs, whatever you call them. Whatever. Uh, Hieroglyphics. We get Ogre saying, nerds, you know, and like, you know, be, and, and then, and then we see Ogre basically straight up kill a dude. Cause he, he drops a guy on his head from a balcony. You know, I don't know. I don't know who that guy is. I don't think you see him again. So we can only assume this school, by the way, is seriously like some sort of like, like dickarchy of like it's like it's like it, it is such a it's such a nightmare like nightmare place it uh, it's 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 a lord of the flies made flesh in school oh, format it's disgusting you know so um and then and of course the other the other main nerd you get is uh stan uh, stan gable stan gable as played by again uh tv hey. series ruiner ted, ted mcginley, McGinley. You know, professional. He is actually the shark that TV shows jump over. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, like, and then his girlfriend, who's also a main character, uh, who plays Bet, uh, Betty Child, is played by, uh, by um, Julia, Julie Montgomery, Julie I think Montgomery, is her name yeah. is. Uh, it's, uh, I she's think she's, like she's, done she's, she's credited, like, well, she's done other things, but mostly it's like soap operas. And yeah, stuff. she's basically, you know, like, um, she's not, uh, like, I mean, she's done acting, but like, she's, she's, you know, not, never, been, she's not even a D list, you know, like, right. but, um, but she's, she's, held, a, but she's, she's held up well. Yeah, she looks beautiful. Yeah, I mean, she definitely was gorgeous. In the <laughs> at least movie. from the head up. Yeah, wow. the neck up. She looks so. They were um, at the, uh, and, and so we then we, then we basically we get to see this like all right, Lewis, Lewis and Gilbert check into their room. And yeah, whatever. And, there's, like, and we find out there's robots and, and ro- fucking robots. Yeah, another fucking eighties movie with a fucking robot. At least the robots not sentient in this one. No, you know, and and basically we like you know. Um, and it, like, and also like, we see a lot in the beginning of the the alpha betas in their frat party, right? And which they're I, this movie, like, I this movie. They, Go ahead. We had a lot of frat Speak. boys in my my college. I went to college in the south, you know. There's a lot of fraternity guys, uh, a lot of college parties that I I have never seen more waste of beer. Oh my god! I mean, it, not that they're drinking good beer. It's shit garbage beer. Obviously, they're drinking out like it's shitty keg beer. But they are just the. They, they don't want to drink this beer. They want to spit it or dive into it yeah. or pour it on someone else or spray it. Like, I, I think the amount of beer actually drunk in this movie, as much as this movie, like, I think the nerds actually are seen actually swallowing more beer than these. Uh, than these. I, I will also say, it's probably true, and I will also say that, uh, you know, if um, 
the dudes from Strange Brew saw this, they'd be really, really, really pissed. Oh my god, well, they'd be I, so angry. If anything, for the sins against comedy, this movie is yeah, done. that too. Um, so yeah, and then and I will say, and as we go to the as we watch them throw a party, my next thought on my poor list is poor talking heads. Oh yeah, because uh, burning down the house, which is admittedly like it's a talking head, like much. Talking Heads, this song, by the way, has its own ghost blowjob blow in that it has that long breakdown in the middle where nothing really happens. Yeah. But I, I always love that song until I listen to it and then I realize there's like a minute and a half where it's like, okay, you're just spinning your wheels, huh? Right. <laughs> you know, but... Um, but, but explain, those, yeah. explain burning down the house. You would explain what happened. Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's called that because then you get a scene where, first of all, these 40-year-olds really love circus tricks oh with gosh. fire. Because they've got like this 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 liquor that like, I, they, I can't remember what they call it, uh, but it's... Fireball? No, they don't call it fireball. They call it something. Yeah, no, they call no, it fireball. they call fire. it fireball. Yes, oh, you that's wrote what down. I wrote okay. down. Fireball. I guess they call it. I thought it was because he made a fireball. No, no, no. Well, I think that's what he he took a sip of it and he goes, oh, but it's one hundred and eighty-five proof, whatever it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's ever clear. Yeah, it's ever. Clear. It's ever clear. So you know, and then there's a guy who's like spitting fireballs and he ends up spitting on the curtains because they're all drunk idiots. Stupid, and it burns down their their frat house. And then you and they're know, outside chanting our house. Our house, our, our house, house is, is burning on, or on, on fire. fire. Yeah, yeah, the roof, the roof, the roof, the roof, the roof is, is on fire. fire. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah it's and it's it's oh, it's god awful and it's stupid. Terrible. And and of course now they've lost, so they've lost their cool like and and Alpha Beta apparently it's, I've never seen a fraternity system work exactly like this, because Alpha Beta is one hundred percent the football team. Yeah, and nobody else. Well, that's that's because that's how they did that. Yeah, they set it up that way. I know, but I'm just saying it's weird because I feel like, uh, like. As far as I know, in, and, and again, again, uh, from what I hear, the, another thing about the University of Arizona, at least in the '80s, was it was also fairly Caucasian. Yeah, a little bit. Like it's an all-white football team, like all in the '80s, hmm. and they're yeah, you know, like an all-white foot. What what school? Like like Brigham Young had African Americans on their team, you know? Like what is this crap? You know, it, it it's absolutely ridiculous. But um, so like and. But we're also introduced next to the coach, and we have to say, "Poor John Goodman." <sighs> not my brother. Yeah, not your brother, John Goodman, but the, the actual, actual the actor. actual actor. And I feel so bad for poor John Goodman because he's such a good actor. And this, I mean, all right, he's been in other terrible things. I know, will say this though: the they, they actually movie. mentioned this. Yeah, they actually mentioned this in the in the little commentary thing where they said, "I don't know for some reason." John- John doesn't ever really mention this movie, and they. But the thing is, they don't say they don't say it with the proper level of sarcasm no. that you would think. They're like surprised. They're like, why wouldn't he mention this? I oh, I don't. I don't know because he's <laughs> yeah. actually done a shit ton of really, really good really stuff. Stuff, right? Yeah, because he's worked with the it. Coen Brothers for decades now. Right, like the actual real. Like his that place matter. in actual film history is yeah. cemented. I don't know. Maybe that's it. And by the way, John Goodman is as thin as he'll be for a long time. Oh yeah, he looks great in this movie. Like he, yeah, like, and this movie's only like. Four years before Roseanne, maybe. So he well, gained a lot of weight throughout the he late. Not 80s. only gained a lot of weight, but and also it's yeah, it's not long. It's not long uh, before Raising Arizona. He was much bigger than Raising Arizona. And too. it's not only that he gained a lot of weight, but he, because he's thinner, he almost looks shorter. I know yeah. that sounds really strange. Yeah, he like seems he smaller. seems like he like explodes. Well, like but, like all... Fat John Goodman seems larger than life. Yeah, he seems enormous. You know, like and tall and, and right and and oh, towering. And also, it's so weird that he's basically the same. It, he looks like he's the same age as his students throughout a lot he of this does. movie too. Like, Ted McGinley, I know, like, supposedly Ted McGinley was not too far out of college whenever he did this, but he looked, Ted McGinley looks like he's older than I am. Yeah. He's at, he looks like 43 And Ted McGinley caught, let's just talk about this. He got cast in this movie because he had done a, like, pretty person's calendar where it was like, you know, every month was a different good-looking dude, and... 
They, we need the guy who looks like that he literally, to play like, to play I'm not Stan. kidding you. Literally, that calendar was up at the at the college when the director came and visited the college, and he said, "I need a guy that looks like that." And they're like, "You know, he's he an actor." Actually and he's to like, be an actor. "No, he's not a real actor." I'm like, "Yeah, he's been he's on Happy Days right now because like because Ted McGinley was on like the dying days of Happy Days because yeah. again, Ted McGinley goes on shows to kill them to kill them. Yeah, he's a good. He's somehow a good married with children survived for like years with Ted McGinley. He's a good reaper. But uh, but married with children was a zombie for a long time. Oh my goodness. Um, so um, basically, like this whole movie then is based on a false premise because what happens is there's a freshman dorm, like in most colleges. The because the jocks have burned down, and I actually forgot this plot point as a kid. I don't think I caught that that was the plot point when I was a kid. I don't know. I somehow missed that. I thought just basically, like. In my brain, I think I thought if you weren't in a fraternity, you had to like, you know, like oh, you had nowhere to sleep in college. Like I was so dreading going to college when I was a little kid because I was like, <laughs> I got to join a fraternity, you know. Like I mean, I figured out later. Like I, but like this thing has, this thing has a false premise, which is. It, which is that you could actually kick your students violently out of their dorm, like and not have parents go. What the so fuck? Like, like like literally, the, basically the the the. You know, they're like, we don't have a place to sleep. It's like, we well, got the wait, hold on. Back up because you, you, you feel like everybody's caught up. So because they because the idiots of Alpha Beta burned down their own house, the coach who, you know, because it's the football team, he comes in and he talks to the dean. The dean, it's important to note, is the is obviously an, an, an adult nerd who has been bossed around and, you know, bullied by this yeah. coach for a really long right. time. The coach the basically coach runs the school. rules the school, and so does the football Which team. Which makes sense. There are there are, there are obviously right. parallels in so, the real world. So that's the, schools whose athletics department So that's weird. why, even though he tries to stand up but it, for that. But it's like cartoonish. It's cartoonish. So essentially, the, the he tells the, the dean that what's going to happen is the – the alpha betas are they need a place to live because he can't have his football team exhausted for you know whatever for games so he he tells them to go get the freshman kick the freshman out and then they'll find accommodation so literally as john is explaining they run in and start throwing people and their stuff through windows and out the door and like people come out like half naked yeah. and they're carrying like their it's, stuff. it looks like it's nerd crazy. crystal knocked it's really it's insane. insane it's it's, it's, it's like insane. it's you know, like, it's like, you know, it's, you know, it'd be one thing if it was like a, we're sorry, you're going to have to leave. Like, like they played right. the game. Like, but it's like, it's like, it's essentially, again, it's like a Lord of the Flies situation where they, like, the inmates are running the asylum. I cannot come up with a third bad it's mixed okay. metaphor. You're doing really good. You know, but it, it's like, and you get to see, at this point, you kind of do get, like, you get a, a, a precursor of all the nerds that you're going to see later because right. you see them getting kicked out. Like, they're in the crowd, though. They're not, they're not standing out. You know, the only yeah. ones who are standing out are Lewis and Gilbert. But uh, you, but one you see that isn't really a main character, but you see him in the background of a couple of things throughout the movie. Is there is a dude in a straight up modern day MRA fedora? Oh yeah, and the he blonde dude. And he would probably correct me and say it's a trilby. <laughs> you know. So um, so when they when they leave, the uh, dean tells them that they they they'll give them a place to sleep, and they end up in the gym where they yeah. curtained off half the gym. Yeah, and there are these terrible cots. And they have to they don't even have mattresses right. on them. They're just like straight. No, up. they're rolled up. They're rolled, but like yeah. you, you actually see people sitting on the mat on yeah. the on the springs directly, yeah, like they terrible. don't even bother. So you know, then they and, he, and then he he explains that if they can get into a fraternity, they've they've allowed the fraternities to rush for the next I don't know couple of days. The and freshmen can be are allowed to join. Um, which normally, I guess, is not the case. Freshmen can't join fraternities. I guess they they're allowing them to join. So if that happens, they can they can. 
Sorry, I'm hearing my son yelling something. Sorry. Um, if they're allowed to join. It's okay, I wasn't even listening to you to begin with, so whatever you were awesome. saying, I've lost. So the freshmen are allowed to join, so they can rush these fraternities, and if they do, then they have a place to sleep, and yay, everybody's happy. So, of course, and I'm, I'm just going to pa- bypass this real fast. Everybody rushes, and... Most the, of the people... Most everybody gets pulled, except for this the, the motley crew of our nerds who will make up Right. The bulk of this movie. Right. Okay. And it's 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 so funny because the, the nerds are so terrible in this movie that they have to turn the jocks into cartoonish supervillains mm-hmm. to actually like give any point to like where the nerds are actually might like be justified for their actions. We should also forward. mention Wormser gets dropped off. That, the- I, I was actually going to yeah, that, yeah. that next. So now we're in the, now that now that everyone's actually been established as these are our outcasts, we start introducing people. Yeah. You know, we start basically going down the list. Like for like at, like first of all, putting this little child. One in this Explain movie. Explain who Wormser is. Wormser is a like a twelve year old boy. Like he's a Doogie Howser. Yeah. You know he doesn't want to be here. His parents are making him go to college. He he's like, to I want to. Well, you'll be your, you'll be in, you'll be allowed to do that. Do that when you're grown up. You know, it's like <laughs> or, ridiculous. Like and like and, and, like it's bad. I mean, it's 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 pretty much straight up child abuse to abandon your child in a gym. Yeah. With a bunch of like like kids who are seven years older than them and have been through puberty. Yeah. It's you really know, awful. but it's worse to just even put this kid in this movie. Yeah, like this poor this poor kid having to be in this movie, it's 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 fairly repugnant, and you know like, we, but we moving down the list, we we meet um, over the course of it, we meet um, our Asian stereotype. This is our first of many bad Asian stereotype mm-hmm. uh, humor throughout. Uh, we get we get uh, Toshiro Takahashi, and he, you name the racially like stereotypical Asian slur against specifically the Japanese. In this movie, and he'll have it, except yeah. for except for eating bait. Literally, that's the only sushi eating bait joke. Is really the only way they could be. Maybe they put that in too. It's been a long time since I've yeah. seen Revenge of the Nerds too. You know, he at some some point later in the movie, he's got a fucking camera around his neck. Yeah. He just you know he does the the R's and L's. I mean, he's he honest to he has a. The, the he has the obi yeah. uh, or whatever, and like, and it has like the Japanese rising yeah. sun on it. I mean, it actually, it's not even like you know, it's it's. I think I I, I I didn't I didn't write that in my notes, so maybe he does. Maybe maybe I'm just misremembering it, you know. But like, it is. I mean, it is one step away from the donger. Yeah. You know, it is. It is actually. It, it's a step past the donger, to be honest. I think the donger was more of a human being. A little bit. You know. And uh, we'll get to uh, other things about him. And then not long after that, we're introduced to uh, the character of Booger. You know, also, uh, it's Dudley Dawson's his real name. Yes. And then that's that's Curtis Anderson. Armstrong. No, Curtis Armstrong. Armstrong. Curtis Anderson. Curtis Armstrong is his name, the actor. And he's you know, he's been in a lot of oh, yeah, stuff. You've you know, seen Booger he was a regular there. on Moonlighting. He's been a voice actor. He's done all sorts of roles. I like him. Um, you know, uh, he's he one of the he's one of the he's one of the either. one of the cavemen in Terrible Thunder Lizards, I believe. He was he was and yeah, against, he was vehemently against doing this movie. He said he would do the movie if he wasn't offered Booger. That's and the then only he was offered role, Booger, and he totally wasn't going to take it. And then he took it. And what's the best part about that is he didn't want to do this movie because he didn't want to get typecast a nerd and he's nobody always going to be Booger. Nobody knows his name is Curtis Armstrong. No I, I, I literally could point him out in like, like I pointed him out in like dozens of movies with, Stop hey, it. it's Booger. So you know, like he's so, always. That poor guy. I mean, he's. <laughs> I will say this though about Booger is he's the closest thing to a not like 
Un- he is someone that if he had actual social graces yeah. would not be a nerd. Right. And he, weirdly enough, proves the thesis is it's not what you like, it's how you act that yeah. really makes you a nerd. Because yeah. a lot of nerds love to try and hide behind the fact that, you know, I'm just not popular because be, like I like Star Trek or yeah, I like Doctor BS. Who. And it's like, no, you're not popular because you're socially weird. I'm socially weird. Yeah. I know why I wasn't popular when I was younger. Yeah. And a lot of it, it wasn't because I was smart. No. It wasn't because, you know, I, you know, like, like dumb nerdy things things right. it was because i didn't know how to interact with human beings yeah you know and that like so and and at booger is at least like to an extent finally like an example of that in the movie because most of these people are like just completely effed up but booger is someone who theoretically is like one step removed from being a cool guy yeah i agree with that you know he actually has some pretty good t-shirts on he also movie. has a really cool leather jacket well, the 80s leather jacket. Yeah, I don't know if it's that cool, but you know, it, it is a leather jacket. I'll give him that. You know, and uh, so, and we're, and we're also, uh, I didn't write it down in the notes, but obviously we're introduced to uh, uh, previous, uh, previous MMIS uh, alumnus, Larry B. Scott Larry as B. Lamar. Larry B. Scott as Lamar. And uh, Lamar plays the gay, hetero, uh, the gay stereotype. Yeah, the incredibly gay stereotype. Yeah, the flaming... Know. Red hot, yeah, um, fiery of all colors, yeah, uh, super gay, like, like, like beyond, like. And I will say though, though to his credit, he, for the longest time, he's the only nerd getting laid. That's true. <laughs> um, you know, um, and uh, we've also we've also kind of gone by um, Arthur Arnold. Arnold, Arnold. Arnold Poindexter, as played by Timothy Busfield, who actually has managed, unlike the other people, to kind of carve a weird niche for himself, where he's like. He's not only known as Poindexter. Right. You know, like some people know him as the guy from 30-something. Some people know him as from the West Wing. Some people know him for looking exactly like uh, Chicago Cubs, uh, you know, columnist uh, uh, Gordon Wittenmeyer. Some people know him (laughs) from Field of Dreams. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, but but what I find really amusing is that I didn't even, and I, I, I had seen this movie enough times that I should have realized it. But it's the glasses. I think they they really do shield his face. The glasses, yeah. He has these incredibly thick glasses that apparently uh, he actually did find on his own in a thrift store. Yeah, along with the suit. Like he actually he actually came in basically in character. Yeah. Like he made up his own costume and hair, you know, like and came in as that character and was like because he he apparently desperately wanted this movie. He yes. Like he's like one of the few people in the cast who actually admits really wanting the movie. Everyone else is like shameful about but, it. But but he also says the reason he wanted it is because they were totally broke. He had to he had to pay the bills and and he said he he actually told his wife he said I, I'm going to go to this thrift store and if I don't find if I don't find this character in the thrift store, I'm not going to the audition. That's what he said. And he went and he found the glasses and he found the suit and then he went to the I audition. Think he told, I think he told that story to remind people that, hey, I got a wife. Someone sleeps with me. <laughs> you think? Yeah. I don't think so. You know, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Busfield. I don't have any problem yeah, with please. you. please. I like Timothy Busfield. You're, you're, you were actually one of the few likable characters on the West Wing, um, in all honesty. <laughs> true. Um, so, okay, and, so, so move on. Let's move on. So, moving on. So basically, at this point, the nerds are trying desperately. Um, the nerds like going around looking for places to live and Gil- and Lewis basically drags Gilbert to the um, the Pi Delta Pi Pi Delta Pi house um, and uh, man they are so good at making the worst like picking names for these fraternities to make bad jokes yeah. um, but the you know, Pi is definitely one that they uh, they use a lot yeah we'll get into that so um, they meet Betty whatever her name is um, I want to say Betty Gabriel but it's not no it's Betty, Betty Childs. Childs Betty Childs 
it's almost like a like a and and I apologize to my friend Betty Gabriel that that, yeah I apologize and I apologize to Betty Grable (laughs) yeah her too Um, Stan Gable and you know Stan Gable Mm. I apologize to you too all right so anyway so she's like oh well you know you you and, and basically she says they should you know they seem like cool guys they should definitely go rush alpha beta right and it's you know? obviously and they're like up. but they're jocks and it's like oh no you guys are great you'll 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 fit right in just ask for stan you know she basically sends them to their death yeah essentially and 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 this is where i, I actually i just wrote my notes when this is why i'm starting to break down watching yeah. this movie i'm like christ these nerds deserve what they get gullible fucks they're gullible awful fucks mm-hmm. they are walking into a lion's den and it is christ it's the stupidest scene like they come in and it's like it, they're, they're ripping off that animal house like you yeah. know the rush for the you know the awful frat in animal house right you know where it's like the cult you know overtones and whatever they totally rip that off you know and and at this point in the movie you i i'm still waiting for that elusive laugh mm-hmm. in this comedy we're like what, almost like 25 minutes into this movie and into the movie. nothing funny's happened yet and and oh goody Right after I think that thought, they make a joke about sheep fucking. Yeah. It is ridiculous. And then we cut back to a line I learned later was improvised, and that does not forgive it for being in the movie. The Frush. Fucking Takahashi playing with Booger. Like, like, Frush? What the fuck's a Frush? Fuck you. What the fuck's a Frush? Fuck you. Fuck you, movie. Fuck you. I am so sick of the fucking Asian stereotype Frosh! Oh, I'm all frosh! Oh my god! Fuck this movie! I'm so ah breaking! I'm breaking! I am snapping! And thank God we cut over to Lamar for some sweet, sweet homophobia. You know where like they talk about like dates or whatever. uh, You know, like yeah, but yours is a guy. You yeah, know. okay, but we have to explain oh. why they're having dates. We don't even know all this yet. Oh, I think I might be doing a different thing. You I just are, I just wrote Lamar's like, back for some sweet sweet homophobia at this you're, point. You're, you're, oh no, it's Lamar's doing like is he's doing he's like doing like aerobics in in like a like a like yeah, women's yeah. like a woman's exercise outfit doing, doing like, Jane jazz Fonda. Or, like Jane Fonda or Jazzercise or something. Yeah. And, and they're still oh, in the gym at this point. Oh my god! And then oh, and then and then we get to like oh the shower. Where we see Lewis's back hair, well, that which is because unrelated. They get, they get tarred and feathered. Oh, yeah, they get tarred and feathered. Yeah, and that's so right. And they come back and they have to shower. And but they don't, they don't get tarred and feathered because that would actually kill them or cause them extreme third right. degree burns. True. They just get feathers glued to their bodies. Yeah, somehow they have They're feathers. not tarred and feathered. Right. Again, tarring and feathering is a nightmarish thing that we, like literally like we often kill kills yes, people. Uh, gives them very severe third degree burns. It's a nightmarish thing. But yeah. And okay, now at this point we are at least a third of the way through this movie. And has there been a class yet? They're in no, college. They haven't been to a class yet. And do you ever see them in a classroom? No. The closest thing you see is at this point you get to the computer lab. Yeah. Like this is the closest fucking thing. This is a college movie. I admit, you know, a movie like Animal House, I totally get, oh, you're never going to see them in class. Right. Because they're dumb frat party boys. Right. These are supposed to be nerds who happen to be dumb frat party boys. Right. You know, by chance. Like, you know... You know, like, but it's, oh, just. So they're and never this in class, so they're in the computer. Please, you, you like, all your rage is like killing this, the timing on this thing. So let's just, let's, if you, you can be rageful. I'm totally good with the rage. You're wasting time with, with explaining me timing. Let me be angry because this is our 25th. We can run long if we have to. All right, well, I'll take a nap until you're ready. <laughs> no, no. It's, so we're in the, we're in the stupid computer lab and this is, Gilbert comes to at least make the movie 
in my mind at least yeah i'm thinking oh thank god this scene is going to be at least sweet and normal because this is where gilbert meets judy sweet judy judy is a nerdy girl yeah you know so at least my god it's not just a fucking like gross testosterone fest that it's been <laughs> so far i like testosterone you know like it's you know, at least, like, okay, she's, like, the plain Jane nice girl. There's nothing wrong with her. She's pleasant looking. She's Pleasant-y. just not gorgeous, and she's right. not super thin, and whatever. You know, and she's totally, exactly on par with Gilbert in attractiveness. Yes. You know, it is, It is okay. You know, Gilbert's a frumpy, dorky. It's a matchmade in space. Yeah, exactly. Gilbert's a frumpy, dorky-looking guy. You know, she's a frumpy, dorky-looking girl, you know. He's not frumpy. He's really skinny. No, but he's frumpy. Frumpy doesn't mean fat. It means he's not put oh, together like, well. Put together well. Okay. I, I, I didn't say dumpy. He's not dumpy. He's not frumpy. dumpy. Frumpy. Yeah, Got he's it. like he's not really put. He, he doesn't put himself together well. He doesn't carry himself well. He slouches. He wears like his clothes wrong. He wears his pants too high. Ill-fitting clothes and whatever you know. And but um, but yeah, there's um. So, so, he so meets we Gil, so, so yeah. Gilbert and Judy meet. She's frustrated because she she can't get the computer to work. And he's somehow a TA yeah, in this class. Yeah, well, I, like, I don't know, I don't know if he's a TA or not. I, I thought this was just the computer lab. Oh, I didn't maybe. think it was a class. I thought he was just like, I thought he was just there and he saw her being upset, so he came but over. But he's walking around like he's actually like surveying and. Well, maybe he is, but there's no, maybe there's a cut scene where we saw some deleted scenes. Oh we actually watched deleted scenes for this movie. We'll get into that. Um, but um, but like anyway, he comes over and he helps her, and like it doesn't matter either way. You know, maybe yeah, he maybe, maybe he works in the lab. Maybe. My my friend Dwight worked in the lab. Could be. Uh, you know, he yeah. basically did nothing but sit up front and play video games on the on the work computer. But um, sure. But so he goes over and he shows her. It's like it's easy. You just got to think about it. You know, and he starts typing on the screen and he does he does classic movie hacking, which in, which basically just involves going. Yeah. On a keyboard, no, you know. No, I'm not because, I, but like you hear, you know, like he just clicks on the keyboard, and then suddenly, like a little smiley face appears, and it turns into art. And then, and and then, <laughs> and then, he he somehow creates these by just typing these caricatures of him and her, and animates them so that they slide over and start holding hands and do a little motion graphics dance. And I am. Livid like, you guys, watching this. You guys, I have, just have to point this, this out. This computer does not even yeah, have a fucking I, mouse. Wait, I have to like say, I just have to say this. So we're watching this movie and I honestly think, okay, there are some really offensive things that happen in this movie. There's racism. There's sexism. There's like, we'll get to it, but there's date rape. Like there's crazy ass shit that happens in this movie. And I honestly think that of all of those things that he would have full ability to seethe and foam at the mouth and fall on the floor and gnash his teeth and wonder how the heck this thing got made, this scene well, made him more angry than uh, anything else. But let to- me tell you why. <laughs> I am... I, why. Uh, I was angry for other people throughout with all these other yes. things, but I am not gay. I am not black. I am not a woman. I don't ha- I'm not trans, you know, like you name it. You name it. I am not in these categories. I am like the ultimate in protected safe white guy world. Man. I'm the man. But I do one thing. Create art and animation often using computers. Yes. It, you can't fucking type a drawing into existence, even a shitty drawing. No. No, you can't do that. And you can, and if if 
whatever code you would use to do that would not take less, like, you could not do it in real time. He's animating this in real time while he talks. Guys, I've been spending, I've spent the last six months working on an animation demo. It's like, it's almost as short as the amount of animation he throws together. Now, admittedly, it's better than that. Yeah. But like in 1984, that's what anim computer animation would have looked like. There's no way you could do it. Now. I'm just, it's so infuriating. I mean, it's literally like, it's like, it's like, it's that talking shop thing. When you see someone do something wrong that you know how to do, it drives you crazy. And that was Please, driving me up a just damn put, wall. Just put some liquid in the coffee cup. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. You have to be hot. Just put something in there to put give it weight. in there. And speaking of putting liquid into things, oh, wow, that is a bad segue for this movie usually. But yes. we cut back to the, to the gym. Yes. Where the nerds are getting slopped off of like a cafeteria line yeah. inside the gym. And I'm thinking... Did the jocks also take over the school cafeteria? Yeah, they're not allowed to go eat. Apparently not. Like, what the fuck is this shit? Why even is there? Like, like they get like they have to bring like, their own private cafeteria into the gym. It's ridiculous. They're that segregated from the the cool people, you know. And not long after that, we get some pretty like I can't remember what exactly, but there's some pretty cool transphobia from Booger. Just uh, you know, yeah. I can't remember. Maybe probably something about wearing dresses to Lamar or something. Yeah. I don't know. Or oh no, it was something like uh, talking about a uh, some girl about like did she have a penis? Yeah. You know, it's it's fucking disgusting. It's it's I should have put a trigger warning to being in this fucking episode because this thing this whole thing is nothing but triggers. So so the end of this uh yeah. So at this point they decide they have to get out of the the gym because it's 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 yeah. killing all their style and 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 it's a terrible place to sleep. So they finally decide they're going to split up the the area yeah they use a computer gonna, to make yeah. they use a computer that spits out of the robot's yeah. mouth and to gonna, give a list of all the available housing like 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 options options and everyone's taking a part of the list like it's cross-referenced by location so everyone's getting a, like, a, a zone so they can efficiently look for houses and then we get like basically a like I, a montage yeah, it's a montage but not not in the not in the classic 80s right. sense just like it's just a series of scenes where various characters are going, you know, like to various places and get it, and realizing these are not ideal places. Right. Uh, specifically, um, the, I, I, we'll skip the ones that are just crazy people. Yeah. I just want to go to what the fuck are you doing? Suggesting a middle-aged woman who looks like a madam yeah. wants to fuck a child oh. looking for a room. Yeah. What? Where is that even a sensible joke? It's not even funny. It's not. It's neither funny nor. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. It is weird as hell. And if yeah. you gender swap that, it would be the most nightmarish oh thing to anyone's mind. But so come scary. The, like, what? It, what? What on earth does a twelve-year-old nerdy kid with beaver teeth have to offer a middle-aged woman anyway? You, know, you can sleep in the room next to my. It's so. It's skin oh, crawly. It's so terrifying. Ultimately, they end up discovering. They a find broken a broken down shack of a house that they have to clean up. Right. And they and then that's when they have their montage. That's a beautiful montage. I mean, as far as 80s montages yeah. go, it's it's dumb as hell, you but you know like put one foot in front of the other, put the other foot down. Oh my god. Down, so at this point down. I actually remember thinking to myself, you know, like god, I feel like I wasted so much money acquiring this movie and I got it free from the library. Yeah. Like I wasted, like I just wasted time of my life in driving. I, I apologize to the listeners right now who have wasted time listening to us talk oh about God, it. Oh my God, this fucking movie! We haven't even gotten to all the worst parts. Like we're at like 
like well, mild we, worst well, parts. We'll, we'll get we'll get there. Keep it's going. We're going. So, so montage. And, 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 and oh, and at this point, by the way, I like uh, the montage is kind of over. You know, like he does. You know, we Poindexter dances with the robot kind of there's a lot of scenes where poindexter's depth perception is like screwing him up yeah um and then we end up with um um i uh, oh like basically bleh, i lost my brain yeah. um i love a japanese guy having a camera whatever um oh so at this point they've cleaned the house up yeah. Oh, and at some point, Poindexter says something, and I was like, oh, God, he speaks. I forgot. Yeah, he, in my memory... He speaks more than you think. He does. But in my memory, he he, had, he didn't say anything in this movie. I, I thought he was a silent character. I, I think I was confusing him with that guy from uh, Wet Hot American Summer that does the weird wind thing at the end. You know? Yeah. So, but, um, so, so anyway, basically, Ted McGinley sees this cleaned up house and is so angry at the very notion that these nerds might be happy. Yeah. That he's like, I have to destroy this. Yeah. And that's how much they have to exaggerate the jocks yeah. to make the nerds good guys. Yep. Like, you have to make... They, the jocks have to be evil on a cartoon level. That yeah. like, I, like, like, literally, I am surprised he doesn't have a huge mustache to twirl and a baby to actually... Instead of, eat, instead of steal candy from, actually eat. Yeah. Because he is... Like, what a monster. So they get... They get their, their house gets, like, vandalized, rocks thrown through. They feel threatened. They go to the police. Well, the campus the police. The campus police. But the campus police, I don't know about in your, in your college, but our, our campus police were technically highway patrolmen. They could arrest. They carried guns. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm. Believe me, I was cuffed by them once. I um, <laughs> You know, they, like, I was thrown in the back of a car and almost went to jail. Um, great story. It involved alcohol. Um, so, um... So basically, the, but this campus cop is like, we got nothing. We can't do anything. Because, of course, yeah, you can't investigate actual an actual crime being committed. No. Because apparently the coach owns them, too. Yeah, he owns everybody. But, like, you have to go to, to the, the Greek, Greek council. council. And the Greek council is, of course, completely run by the Ted Alpha McGinley Betas. and the Alpha Betas. And it's, it's, the stupidest, the it's the stupidest way to run a Greek council, too. Because you, you find out later that the way to join, the, to, win, to be the head of the Greek council is to win a contest. Yeah. You know, like, it's not even, like, an election. It's not, it's, like, it's the stupidest. It is ridiculous. And, like, the, and, and basically the president, the dean of the, of the school, the president of the school or whatever is, like, acts like his hands are tied. Yeah. Because Ted McGinley doesn't want to prosecute his own people for what they've been accused of. Right. You know, it is the stupidest. And he basically tells them that they, they can't even bring something to the table because they're not part of a fraternal organization. So they have to go have a national chapter to sponsor them. So that's when they get going. They're like, all right, we're going to get somebody. So they send all these applications. I'm trying to move this part along. Yeah, that's they right. Try, they, they try to get applications together, and they send them out. They actually send a group photo of themselves to every single organization that sends back these rejection letters about how they're like, please don't ever include a group photo. And like this one comes back cut up. And the only one that they did, for some whatever reason, they didn't send a photo to Lambda Lambda Lambda. And they get invited in to go talk to them and and the reason they're interested is because they don't have a chapter at Adams College but we figure out right away when they walk in one why they don't because this is the whitest college you ever did see Lamar is literally like the only Only black black guy guy, black student I think you see in this movie Um, but then they go and they meet and and we find out that Trilam is a black fraternity you know they all they're, they're like they're like every picture on the wall is black everyone in there is black you know in the in the offices 
And basically, they're about to be kicked out for being nerds. Not even for being white. They're just for being nerds. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. It's like, we don't want you. To, you're a nerd. We can't have you. Right. But um, Poindexter points out in the rule book that, uh, you know, like that their bylaws say they have to give a new applicant a 60-day uh, trial period. Right. So they are forced into, you know, into, uh, you know, taking them on. So now they are officially uh, members of a fraternity. So now, they, because they're members of a fraternity, they now can complain. Right. Um, so they have to, they and, decide that they're going to throw a party. And, yeah. And uh, basically, you like, they, they, they end up asking the uh, the girls from uh, the, no, no, they don't end up, I'm sorry. But they, they, they get announced as whatever. The girls sing outside their house asking to be dates to this party. Right. They'll, have, the, they'll the, be the their girls escorts. from the evil, from yeah. the evil sorority. Pideouts. Uh, the pie, you know, the pie Because they're obviously setting them up. Yeah, and it's it's obvious they're setting them up. But oh yeah, but when 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 the jocks find out about this, it is hilarious because uh, we go to a scene in the weight room and like nobody in this weight room knows how to lift. No, and I look at I mean you y'all have seen pictures of me. Some of y'all know me personally. You know I'm not a huge workout guy. I mean you know Allie does weightlifting, but you know I I know how to lift weights in proper form. Yeah, and like first and foremost, before I get to the worst, ogre. Who is the actor? I know. I will say this. I am six feet tall and weigh about uh, when I'm in good shape, weigh between one eighty five and one ninety. You know, the guy who plays Ogre is like a half a head taller than me at least, and outweighs me now. And at this point, in this point in his life, outweighs me much solidly. You know, he's a big dude. You know, and he he later played a football player on TV for like seven seasons. Uh-huh. Um, you know. He's a big guy, and I swear to God, he's straining to lift what looks like 40 pounds. It's embarrassing. It's like, come on. Like, how are you? Ah! But then, like, before I can make fun of him, you see Ted McGinley with his uh, his, bar- his 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 barbells. You know, his dumbbells? Barbells? Dumbbells. dumbbells. Yeah, they're dumbbells. Sorry, barbells go in a bar. You're that's right. What, I realize oh, that. That's, that's why I said, I, that's why I was correcting myself. Ogre, I'm like, Ogre was lifting Ogre's on barbells, yeah. But he's he's doing these dumbbells, but he's like lifting them. And like, obviously these weights are not real weights. They're stage weights. They're like, they're designed to look like weights. Because he's spinning them around in like the worst form. Like if you did this with real weights, you, you would, would your, your, your tendons would, your tendons would pop like rubber bands that have been stretched You would throw your before. rotator cuff off so badly. You'd be in so much pain. It would, it would literally coil up like a spiral after it broke off of your body. It's like, it's, it's like, it's ridiculous. Never seen bad form so bad. Like, and, and again, the guys in the background are using terrible form. Yeah, and these terrible. are all big guys that have to in real life lift weights. It's like, guys, can you at least pretend you're lifting real weights yeah. and not fake weights? <laughs> And then... Put some liquid in those weights. No, and then we get, like, at this point, uh, somewhere in this point, Ogre, not Ogre, Booger explains what, you know, the, why pie is funny and awesome for the pie, the pie delts, why call it, like, getting some pie at the party. Because Takashi's like, what's that? He's like, hair pie. He's like, oh, hair pie. And then let's do a drinking game. Oh, God. Every Netflix time... Don't. No, every time Takahashi says hair pie, you pour yourself a nice big shot of Clorox bleach and drink it. Yeah. Because, Jesus Christ, you want to die. You want to die every time. It's really embarrassing how many it's, times it's, it happens. It's, it's disgusting. So then we get to we get to the party. You know, oh, you actually get, uh, for a how nice, a how nice little thing um, for the 80s is the high delts uh, phones are busy. Yeah, because they're, they're not busy, showing a busy, up. A busy signal. Busy signal. Busy phones. Busy phones. Like, when was the last time you actually got a, a real busy signal? So Judy shows up and she says, you know, hey, I may, you know, if, if these these ladies aren't going to come and be your escorts, um, we can call my, my, my sorority, sorority He's sisters. like, you're in a sorority? Like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, she's with the Omega Moos. And we hear... <laughs> We've the, got the Moos versus the Pies. Yeah. So by the, the way, by the, I feel like... I feel like uh, Omega Mu might have been based on there is a there is a sorority called Fimu mm-hmm. that um, in in my school they were like kind of the catch all sorority for girls who wanted to be in a sorority but couldn't be in like the cheerleadery ones. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of wondering if that wasn't you know. Well, um, I think it was also a plan. Omega. Yeah. Mu, yeah. Oh no, all I know. A little bit overweight and or well, some something. of them are some eh, of them are it's, it's true not all of them. They're obviously the, the ones ner- that aren't overweight they're are plain. The, they're the female version of the misfits or the nerdy girls in this one. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's and like I will say this: this is like the this is like the chance for actresses who were not actually models to actually get a movie role. Yeah, kind of nice of them. So, uh, um, so anyway, the party the party still sucks. And I will say this is the this is the first time I got a bit of a laugh was when they cut after the girls showed up and like they're all excited that at least girls are there. Is it turns into like a high school dance yeah, where like no terrible. one's talking to each other and everyone's sitting and like it's, it's like and by the way they for some reason they invited the guys like the 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 older guys who UN run and you uh, in Jefferson and the other guy you in Jefferson who yeah. run the lambda La- who run lambda they invite them to show how cool they are and uh, like. It, it's and, awful. It's, it's awful, and like, like it's awkward. And then Booger pulls out what looked like tampons, as you said. Oh my god, they and were tampon dri- Before they were this joints. happens, though, do you want to do you want to talk about how Lewis is like? I don't think UN's having a very good time. I'll put on I'll put oh, on some that's, music. Oh god, put fuck! On some, I forgot that. I'll put on some music that that's probably more his speed. So he takes off like whatever '80s pop music is on, and he puts on Paul Robeson's version of "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot." And the I think the greatest move of this movie is that Lamar comes over and he's like, you could tell he's embarrassed, and he's the one that like he just sort of looks at them and changes sh- it after like a couple. Of, like there's only like like play, play, plays like what eight bars yeah. of the music before he's just like, yeah, like but like the the and the other thing is with that that's like, I, it's a little side annoyance for me is Paul yeah. Robeson is actually a very committed activist and communist, yeah, and like, you know, it's just it's kind of sad that like these like. Yeah, like because you get the feeling the Lambda, the Lambda, Lambdas are kind of played up like almost like a Black Panther organization oh, <laughs> as a fraternity, you know. So it's kind of sad that like Robeson actually like you know for much he's a punchline here, but it's like he was actually a like a pretty pretty woke individual as the right, kids say, right. you know. And uh, so anyway, they all get they all end up getting high, and then the, the party actually turns to kind of some debauchery, and you get to see some gross nerd sex, you know. Yeah, um, it's really gross. And. Um, and uh, you also get to see something I hope to never see again, which is Timothy Busfield's hideous pulsating crotch. Which they told, they said he did in the audition. That was his one audition. The, one of the reasons he got the movie. Yeah, but oh my god, if he did that to me, I, he would be getting maced, both <laughs> both with pepper spray and with an actual mace, a medieval mace. <laughs> I'd be hitting him with a spiked ball on the end of a stick. You know, and then uh, and then so and then you get Worms or he's talking to like these he's, oh, he's talking I can't to these two this part. this part yeah I can't first of all this movie this movie, gross gross enough that this little like this guy he's telling stories about his major and weirdly enough supposedly the kid ad libbed this which is kind of yeah. funny because he's twelve but it like you know like so good good on him for this yeah. but like. You know, he's basically looking back and forth between two pairs of breasts that are at his eye level. You don't, you never even see the women, and then he breaks the fourth wall to give us a yeah, yowza yowza kind of look. And I just, oh my god, like at that point, my gorge just went up, and I had to swallow back look, the, the rage kind of, vomit. We were all kind of vomiting, uh, you know, and then. And thank God at this point, thank God at this point, the jocks break up the party. Yeah. By releasing a bunch of pigs. 
And, and I will so say, they all come running out. And by the way, to be honest, they were little pigs. They, they were really cute. They were kind of cute. I feel like if I was actually at a party in college and a whole bunch of pigs showed up, I'd be really excited. I feel like yeah, I feel like it would actually make the party better. Yeah. I feel like we'd have a lot of fun. So, they go, out with pigs. so they go outside. And, and thank God, thank God, they had that banjo music queued up to switch oh, right there. Oh yeah, it was because like the, the 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 party music stops and banjo music plays. You know, and then so they go running outside, and um, of course they're on a, a trailer and they're with hay and they're singing "Old MacDonald Had a Farm," and then they all. They all moon them, and they've written their names on the names of the the man mooning this. So Stan Gable is mooning them with the Gable, with Gable written across. And his ogre ass. is written across ogre's ass. Like, wh- why? Like yeah, like what, what the fuck? What the fuck movie? What the what the, what the, what the actual goddamn ridiculous fuck is going Betty, on? And there's Betty just like standing there, like it's ridiculous. So they leave, and it's embarrassing, and you can tell that UN feels bad for them and whatever. So they have to get. Reta- they have to retaliate. They don't want to do anything he violent. He feels bad for them, but he also feels like it's like he's ashamed. He's ashamed, yeah. You know. So they know they have to retaliate, but they have to beat them at their own game in some capacity. So and they so decide. The first thing they get revenge. The, the first thing they do. Now, bearing in mind, yes, the the girls lie to them, but the you know the jocks let's, are the let's, real monsters. Let's, let's get let's get back to let's do the that. I know I know I'm going out of sequence of the movie, but I want because we're going to talk about that part a lot. I want to just keep at what they do to the guys first. Oh it's yeah, fa- it's the faster, quicker it's, thing. Yeah, it's a quick, the, yeah. So they basically they're all in jocks, whatever, and. Takahashi's job is he is the guy that holds the basket whenever they come out of you know practice and they basically they're obnoxious to him and they throw the jocks in his face and whatever and he has to wash them so um they they he knows where all their stuff is because that's his job so they all go running in and they pull this um massage oil that says liquid heat and it's really hot and burns and the massage the masseuse says um you know the sports guy says oh well you should feel what it feels like when I don't you know, dilute it with water. So they steal the liquid heat, which is what it's called. They run into the into the locker room. They pull all the jocks out of their lockers, put them in what looks like a jock salad, essentially, pour the liquid heat over it, and then replace them. Yeah, it, so the guys have to get dressed in them, and then as they're standing there getting their pep talk from the coach, you can see them all starting to get yeah. into a lot of pain in their yeah, crotchal it, it, it's area. Really, it's really, like... It's so contrived. It is so contrived. First of all, if you came in from your, from your, like, from your, you know, like to, you know, from your, like, whatever, like your preparations, getting ready to do a uh, a rehearsal. God, I'm so college. Oh my God, you are. I'm so so theater. I'm so theater. (laughs) Your, your practice. Your practice. And you came in, and all the jocks that were originally in lockers are just on a pile on the floor. No, I think they replaced them. They put them back. They never showed them do that, though. No, they don't. So it's like it, it it doesn't. I think it's implied. But they're like doing it really quick because they have to run out. You know, it's like it's. You know, so yeah, that is so, that's stupid. But yeah, let's go to this because how typical to nerds. Oh my God. How typical to nerds that they, you know, they are, they are harassed by these jocks and lied to a little bit by these, by these, by these girls that they spend forever on this elaborate perv cam panty raid sexual assault vengeance. You know, it's, 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 it's sexual assault and it's funny. Okay, you know? but here's the thing, and I want to just point this out as my the viewer of this movie. So there, you 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 turn to me as we hear the the dun 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 dun. What music is that? The Sorry, Mission uh, Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah, Mission Impossible theme. So we're hearing the music, and I'm like, and and John says to me, turns to me, and he goes, "Is this where they panty raid?" And I go, "Oh yeah." And then 
And I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, I don't remember, like, the rating of panties doesn't seem like that was that big of a deal for them to be getting back at them. This is what I, I just want to take you through my thought process. So we see Wormser and Lamar climbing mili- in, their, in military outfits, climbing up with a duffel bag onto the roof yeah. um, from a rope. Hold on. And they get up there, and I see um, Lamar with some sort of a, a power tool, and that is when my eyes got enormously wide like that one emoji. And I, my jaw hit the floor, and it was like my childhood raced back into my brain, and I remembered what they were doing, and I realized, as an adult, the horror that I am now feeling about what is about to go down to, oh, for these God, women. Yeah, like, literally, the disgust and horror I, that I gotta, I'm about to experience right now as and, we talk about this. What's, what's, I'm going to say this right now. This isn't the worst thing that happens in the movie. No. But you're watching this, I, 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 I felt so fucking dirty like watching this part. I felt filthy. I felt like a pervert myself. I felt violated and I'm not, I had nothing to do with it. It's like, why am I watching this? Yeah. Why am I seeing? And then, of course, they, they actually do the panty raid. And I'm going to say the panty raid's pretty awful, that too, because these girls are naked yeah. and vulnerable, and men are just charging well, in. Well, the reason and, that they're doing that is because they're trying to distract what they're actually doing, which is what Lamar and Wormser I know. are doing. Are, I know. They're setting, they're, right. so their power to looks explain it. So Lamar and Worms are upstairs, on top of the roof, and they're burrowing holes through and setting up four different cameras in main parts of the of the 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 dorm so that they can spy on these women all, all night, all day, all whenever the hell they want. So they've now done what we freak out that pervs are going to do when we're like going to the bathroom with two-way mirrors and cameras and crap. That's what they've done. And we the These are our heroes. Yeah. We're supposed to laugh at this. Like, this is funny, We're right? supposed to be like, yeah, all right. And they get back at them. And they basically spend all night, like, staring at uh, them getting... And and by the way, of course, the, like... I mean, I, admittedly, I'm not... I've never been in an all-girls dorm. Right. Like, with only girls and me and, like, where... I've been I have. In, yeah. I don't recall... Like, ever in my life, any woman ever implying that what they really want to do, like, is just take their clothes off randomly in front of other girls no. and strut around We don't starkers. just, like, sit around naked. Yeah, and we get full fucking frontal. As, as, uh, as, uh, Curtis, whatever his name is, says, as Booger says, um, what's, you know, I'm tired of this, so I, I want, I want to see Bush pan down. And, like, he, it's so crass and disgusting and and at one point finally one woman does take her her underwear off and he's like we got bush we got bush and then you hear freaking takahashi yelling oh hair pie it's like oh. vomitous so drink your bleach drink bleach oh. so they so so yeah basically you stay up all it's night disgusting them. it's, it's filthy and you know you get you get like you, you want to take many showers yeah you get lewis eats Cheerios with beer at one point, but whatever, whatever, you know. And Lamar, Lamar comes down the stairs with a couple of guys following him, which is really funny. And he's like, "You guys still watching that?" And it's like, at least Lamar is actually getting some. Oh God, you know what? Yeah, he doesn't have to watch. Like those Lamar guys. may be a horrible stereotype, disgusting in his own way, but at least like the in the world of the movie, you know, he, at least he's getting laid. Yeah, you know. So because they get this revenge, uh, Ewan Jefferson is impressed. Yeah, and they although are, when they when they when they call him, they don't tell him anything about the pies. I noticed. It's they only mention what they did to the jocks with, yeah. the, with their yeah, yeah, that's true. But then, like, so they officially become, uh, you know, 
members of, members the, of the fraternity yeah, and they the get tribe. their picture on the wall and everything like that. And I will say this. I really like their sweaters. Their sweaters are awesome. The, 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 the Tri-Lam sweaters are actually pretty sweet. Yeah, I want to get one. You know, I'm not going to lie. Um, but, so um, now they can join the carnival because they can be a, a yeah, an organization. They're an organization. They can win, win the carnival. And by winning the carnival, they can be in the head of the Greek council so they can rule over the nerve. So that's the, the their jocks. decision. Their decision is... So they actually go... But before that, they go to the Greek council... Oh, because... We already some, went to the house. No, 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 no. They go again, remember? Now that they're an organization, they go because, um, remember, they, they burn the the fire, of, and it says nerds, oh, on, yeah. their, on, their, uh, on their lawn. Yeah. So they, they go... Yeah, that's what I was about to say. And, and by the way, for, for the record, that is the grossest yep. cross-burning illusion yep. like you can ever do. It was so awful. It's like, it's like, you know what, nerds? You're not persecuted in that way. You yeah. will never be persecuted in that way. So they go and, to the Greek council. And then this becomes the most fucking contrived yeah. situation where, you know, like, you know, here's the thing. If people are actually, like, vandalizing you in that capacity, yeah. you can go to the cops. Yeah. There is just no way. Like it's so fucking contrived that they have to win a contest. So they, so anyway, so they, they, the, of course he says, oh, I'm not gonna, you know, because we need to do a fact finding mission. We'll figure out who it is. He's like, we know who it is. It was you. And he's like, no, no, that's the, I, that is patently untrue. And as the, I can't even. I, he's like, I'm the the president, and I'm the only one that can call for a vote. And I'm not calling for a vote because I don't think that this is fair and being which by the way is again that's super contrived because there's no way a system would not be set up with bylaws for that but forget forgetting that it's just so so they decide fine the only way that we can become the the trilams leave and they're like the only way we can become president of the greek council is if we win the the homecoming carnival and that's exactly what we're going to do and so they get to work figuring that out and then we jump to the to the carnival and 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 i want to say this right now this carnival is enormous yes everyone in the school seems to be going to it and like i went to school in the southeast Mm -hmm. you know like like that's like fraternity universe down south compared to a lot of the country and Nobody there cared as much about the the Greek system as this movie presents it. Like it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. And we get to this. First of all, how is the the an actual college the very first event? How is an actual college condoning an event which is you ride a tricycle around a circle and you have to do like twenty laps? And after each lap, well, no, you, you don't have to. You don't have to do a certain amount of laps. It's that it's it's who's the last man standing because you have to you go around you ride oh, yeah, a tricycle around you chug a beer at you the chug pit a stop. beer at a pit stop and. This is condoned by the college and introduced yes. by, like, by... So welcome to the, Alcohol Poisoning 101. Yeah, like, it's like, there's no way. Like, you would have so many people suing the school after their children died. Yeah. So, um, you know? and of course, because they're nerds, they, they know chemistry. And they, so they, they invent a pill that, you Arnold know... gives him a pill that is going to neutralize all of the alcohol that, that Takahashi So drinks. Takahashi basically is the only one able to survive. And right. I think it's kind of funny that the ROTC guy was the first one to collapse, down, I think. yeah. You know, like, but uh, they all, yeah, like, so basically they're riding trikes around a thing and falling over drunk. Yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, I don't know what the next event, the next event I, I have. It, I, it's the Trojan horse where. Oh God, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. So they're like, you know, the guys are on the side and they're trying to knock them off the horse. It's like, you know, and. And, and it's Poindexter. Who gets thrown off in two seconds. Well, I mean, he, he rides for like five eh, or whatever. six. You know, and but, then they, then then it's the Trilams have to try to get. 
Ogaroff. So right now the alpha betas are ahead, but um, but Lambda's second place. And, then, and, and 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 at this point, by the way, for the record, Ogre not only is he big and heavy, fine, but he's all like so they can't lift him. But he's also holding a trophy full of beer that yeah. he's been carrying around the whole movie. The other the other thing is, um, these are they have to be partners with um, a, a yeah. sorority. So, so, the, so obviously the, the Omega the Alpha, Moves are there. Yeah, them. the Omega Moves are part of the Lambdas, and and the Pi, Pi yeah. Delts are part of uh, Alpha Beta. Yeah. So um, the the next one is arm wrestling. And, and and arm wrestling is um, between the. Um, the women, oh, so it's, it's women and men. It's women and men wrestling, arm wrestling. It's just a strange. It's very, thing. it's very strange. It's like this unisex arm wrestling thing, and it's kind of stupid and over the top. Did yeah. everything better in arm wrestling? They really did. Like, I, 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 cheats are one of them. More like, than cheats. I mean. Yeah, like it's it's ridiculous. So, and, and, then, and then and then we get to the belching contest. We, we know there's a tug of war. Oh, the tug of war. Yeah, that's stupid. It's not even worth mentioning. Yeah, okay. they, you know, it's, there's nothing that happens. We get to the belching contest in which, uh, first of all, once again, ogre spits more beers than he drinks. Right. Like, all Ogre ever does is pour some beer in his mouth and spray it. Right. You know, really. And Ogre does a, a belch that's kind of long. It's and, a good belch. And then, then Booger does this ridiculous... And uh, this is a piece of trivia that I actually... This is my favorite piece of trivia about this movie. It almost made me like this movie for a split second. <laughs> so... Curtis Anderson told the story about Anderson. Armstrong. Curtis Armstrong. I, I, I keep wanting to combine arms... I'm combining Armstrong and Curtis Granderson, the baseball player. <laughs> yeah. But Curtis Armstrong... Like, told the story about, like, when he actually did the scene, he didn't actually burp. He just made, like, the face of someone burping for a really long time. And they inserted the sound later. And he found out that the sound effect they use for that burp is actually the sound of two camels fucking. <laughs> so that's that's what camels sound like when they fuck, is is a booger belch. Uh, just so you know. So the nerds win that one. Can I, can and then, uh, can and I then, say something? Yes. Can I say something? That's like... I love the best part about the way he's. I love, by the way, that is, by the way, thank God for Foley artists. Oh my God, right? Even in shitty movies like this, they are going out of their way to find the right sound. We had a whole conversation about with Foley artists and what they do. It's hilarious how some of these things come to fruition. But um, I love that he said, he said, and I went back and I was watching the, whatever it was, it wasn't the dailies, but it was like once the movie was put together and edited a little bit more. And he goes, and there I am up there and I open my mouth and the sound that comes out of my mouth is two camels fucking. Actually, he says he said mating, I think. Whatever. Yeah. It's so, it's just a funny yeah. moment. And I don't know what, uh, my, the next one I have listed is the javelin throw. Yes, that is And, uh, you know, basically they're all, like every thrower does a little bit better until we get to the end. And the last one is Lamar. You know, and they're like, oh, and like they're laughing because Lamar. Are, worms are, uh, is a. But Wormer's an aeronautics major. Aerodynamics. Aerodynamics major. And he's, well, he's hobby, developed a specially designed javelin that, uh, to, uh, that can be optimized to optimize Lamar's limp-wristed limp throwing, throwing style, style, as they put it, which is obnoxious. And first of all, I don't think you're allowed to specially design your javelin. your javelin for a track and field event. I'm yeah. pretty sure, and the and, and it is like a ridiculous, like it's floppy and it has like these wings on it, like stabilizers. It's not that's not how that's not how sports work. That's not how sports. Work. Again, uh, one of the major problems I have in this movie, aside from the awful, awful sexism, racism, homophobia, whatever, is the very simple fact that it doesn't it it doesn't even proceed from good premises. Like, it, it's jokes proceed from stupid premises. Yeah. So, you know? And then right after this, we get to the next, like, the athletics are over, and we get to the fundraising part, which means we're getting real close to the rape. Yes. 
So know? let's talk about the two the two ones that matter, which are alpha, beta, and um, yeah, none of the other fun. I don't even think they, the they show any of the other fundraisers. Yeah. So um, the so the fundraiser events. It, there's a kissing booth, and that's the both the alpha betas and the pies are doing the kissing booth. Mm-hmm. So that's theirs, and then there's um, the pie. We, we find out that sales. the. No, then we find out that the Lambdas are doing something where they're selling pies for yeah. charity. I love we, you said no when I, all I said was well, pie you, sales. Oh, pie sales. I didn't hear what you I thought you were saying the pies as in the pie delts. I'm sorry. I no, mis- I pie sales. You. So they're selling pie, but we, we don't know why the pie is like, and there's lines around the corner. And you find out that they're over two grand where the Alpha Betas are at like 1,200. And they're like, oh, how is that even possible? Go get a, they tell Ogre to go get the pie. And he steals a pie from somebody else. And of course he starts eating it and they're like, how is it? And he's like, it's good. And it's like, he's like, well, and for the record, it's not even a pie. It's whipped cream. It's whipped cream. And he's like, they're like, is it, is it amazing? Or is it just good? He's like, it's good. And then he's like eating it. And then he goes, wow, how they sell so many? And he goes, this is why. And he moves all the whipped cream away. And of course there's a picture of Betty, like with tits, tits for days. Like, Like again, the, the, picture that they've stolen by spying on her it's a, obviously a frame from their camera yeah on the bottom of the pie tin and then ted mcginley says that's my pie so which obnoxious. is oh this movie is reprehensible and, and and speaking of reprehensible let's just let's just say this as quickly as possible so at the kissing booth uh mcginley comes up he's uh, he, he's dre- he's dressed in what is I guess supposed to be kind of a Darth Vader outfit. Although to be honest, he looks a lot more like Kylo Ren. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But um and and he get, like basically Lewis goes up to try and kiss Betty because he's got the tickets and they, they switch out the ugly girl from the dorm that like the, their dorm mother, you know, that they'd shown earlier who's like heavy set and middle aged and it's like kiss her, you know, and and you know, and basically, you know, like you hear her like you, he overhears Betty saying how hor- all this ki- all this kissing has gotten her horny, you know, and she wants to go get him, you know, but like, but Ted McGinley's too busy doing other things to to do that then, and Lewis gets this angry look and he steals the Darth Vader mask, and then basically we all know he takes her like she she basically takes him off. He doesn't say anything, mm-hmm. you know, and they have they have sex in a moon ba- in a bounce castle, and oh god, so. Basically, uh, yeah, Lewis rapes her. That's yeah. that's no that's no, I mean, that, he has on. he has he uses false pretenses to have non consent because she wouldn't have consented. She thought he was someone else. He straight up rapes her, but you know, but she enjoys it, so it's okay. Yeah. Which this this scene is in some ways I feel responsible for so many fucked up attitudes that nerds born about the same time as me would have about women Mm -hmm. because like the idea that it's yeah you know you can be a sleazy reprehensible slime ball but if you're good enough in bed Mm -hmm. they'll forgive you and it's like no he raped her he's oh it's 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 fucking there's no there's no other it's 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 movie just it's sickening it's literally the worst thing i've ever seen in an 80s movie Mm -hmm. i mean i've seen worse things in movies but they have been actual movies about reprehensible things not ostensibly funny raunchy comedies yeah it's 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 just it's, it's repugnant. just it's repugnant. It's I reprehensible. I think what's more upsetting, and as I look at back at it, even as a little kid, I remember thinking, like, she's okay with that. I, that's what I remember thinking was, wow, she was okay with that. What's funny is, as a kid, it didn't even occur to me. Oh well, it did you know, because I was a boy, and like, but like as I got older, I was like, wait a minute, that's like really that's bad. Yeah, and it's really bad. And exactly. I and the other thing is that I think it starts because Stan first. 
he insults her and says, you know, she says, um, you know, come on, let's go, you know, let's go, you know, be alone or whatever. And he says, you're like a goat because he's saying that she's horny. And it's just, it's just obnoxious. And I don't know, like his rejection of her and then just the whole rape experience. I don't know. There's oh, just, just something so sleazy like, about yeah, it. it, it, it like, Hold on. There is something so sleazy. No, no, it's there, for sure sleazy. Yeah, and, it's it's super sleazy. And it's like, it's just, and it doesn't make it all right that like they've written the character to be okay with it. Yeah. It doesn't make that all right. It, 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 it's, it's sickening. And I don't think anyone who would listen to this podcast would think otherwise. No. But if you do, God damn it. No. Think better than, yeah, oh God, just be better than this. Look inside yourself and really. So yeah. It. Anyway, let's move past this because I don't think there's anything else we can be saying other we than how like gross it is. We need like four more showers in. Yeah. Beach. So now we get to the talent show, and we're not done being reprehensible no. because the first thing we get to see on the talent show, we get to see there is another there is another uh, fraternity. It's uh, three rows, so tri row, 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 row. Yeah. And they do a skit with row, row, row your boat, yeah. and they're in a boat like doing on this on like singing the song, and then like uh, for the merrily merrily, these women keep popping up and sing the girls from whatever fraternity seeing the life is but a dream part or whatever or I don't know how they I can't remember yeah. how they do it but anyway at the end after all that they keep hopping up from like like from behind like where it looks like they're like sitting on the ground on the bottom of the canoe and they're popping up and then in the end they wipe their mouths and suddenly you realize oh cool and I never noticed this like Allie noticed this like last night and pointed out to me and I went holy shit how did I ever miss that it's um, a filthy blowjob joke yeah and I have to tell you guys I did not understand that when I was a kid I used to wonder why they would do that and I was like why they I just never even noticed that they did I noticed that. that they wiped their mouths, but I didn't understand why. It didn't even occur to me because I was too young to, I think, quite understand it. And I just, I, I was thought, I remember thinking as a kid, why are they showing us this one? This one isn't even funny. At least the two stand-ups, stand-up dudes or whatever were funnier, who they show it's a really bad uh, one. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. But it, was, but it meant something. I was like, I don't understand why this isn't even in there. And it was a terrible joke. Other than row, row, row your boat. Yeah, which dude. who gives a crap? And I was like, why are we just showing how bad they are so that we show how much better... Um, you know the trilams are with their talent show fine whatever but it's like it just seemed it seems stupid to me like an extra scene until this time watching it and it hits me that we're watching them give a blow like that's the the implication yeah. is that they're blowing them you know at least it's not a ghost blow job but still again every scene in this movie is so a ghost gross. blow job so gross. you know and then so then we get to you know like and then the the the, the alpha betas do a dumb drag yeah. back and forth I mean, thing. It's where the, cute. It's whatever. It's, right, I know. But like, part of the humor is that, like it's that stupid, ah, oh, it's funny because a man's in a dress, yeah, you know, bullshit. Right, you know, exactly. it's, it, you know, whatever. So the, so the guys are the cheerleaders. The cheerleaders are the, are the, the, guys, the guys, the football you know, players. And it's 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 stupid and whatever. Um, and then, bam, there's a big, like, setup noise. And, oh, we get to the, like, one of the more famous sequences in the movie, which is the Nerds Talent Show, which yeah. is, again, they're, they are, they do completely outshine everyone. Yeah. Like, they have these incredibly ridiculous production values, and they do a song, and, you know, like, it's... I won't even sing it. Uh, I yeah, mean, I know, every, I know every line. I, you know, I, 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 I could, you could. Right could actually But I will you. say this, like... But the thing is, it starts like with Gilbert and Lewis, and they're dressed basically like Devo, but they have like computers that they're like using to make music. And again, why can't you just do fucking Devo movie? You wanted Devo so bad, like you couldn't have like ponied up enough money. Maybe that, Devo said no. Maybe, well, I'm just saying there was no amount of money. Devo's done things for money. I mean, this movie got Michael Jackson's thriller. Yeah. Like in 1984, they were willing to pay those rights. Right. They couldn't pay the rights for a Devo song, a so, band that's generally considered a one-hit wonder. And then, okay, and so we're going across, and like Poindexter actually has some Liberty Spikes, essentially, yeah. and he's playing the electric violin, I guess. And the most offensive part, like, well, the relative scale, 
is like we've this whole movie's been trying to find a way to make Takahashi more offensive. Yeah. And they finally found a way by basically not only is he banging a gong, but I, I'm guessing maybe this was supposed to be a village people joke or something, but he's dressed as an engine. Yeah, well. And I'm saying it like that because he's an engine. He, like, it's the most, like, offensive, like, native, like, faux native garb. Yeah. It is, it is so, like, insensitive and appropriationist. And then he, like, and then he's banging on a big dumbass gong, you know? And, and I, I mean, the rest of it is, you know, you, you, you get Lamar doing a rap and, and, and Wormser and Lamar do okay, dances together. they win. Let's just put it that way. They, they win. win. And then, um, Which means because they've won the talent show, they've won everything. And so they are, like, the, like, they've got enough points. They are the new, like, heads of the Greek council. They immediately they immediately nominate uh, Gilbert to be the head of the, the, the president. president of the Greek council. And then, um, you know, Stan says to Betty, oh, you know, this, I'm so pissed off. Let's go pump some iron. And she says, you know, I don't think He means so. fucking. Yeah, he does mean fucking. And she says, no, thanks. Um, I'm, I'm, I have a date with a nerd. And then she hands him a pin because he pinned her because it's 19... 19- 52. What the ever loving what? I mean, honestly, the, the values espoused in this movie, I'm not surprised, you know, for all the new wave music, this movie is incredibly old fashioned and not as up to date. Like, and I, so like, anyway, so at this point, yeah. John Goodman drags the, the, the team away and delivers like the, an evil alternate universe, Vince Lombardi speech, yes. <laughs> basically telling them, you know, like, you know, like they need to get up there and get their revenge on the, on the nerds, yeah. you know, and, and I, and, in all honesty, like the nerds do need to be stopped. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, these aren't the people to do it because these people are also awful. Yeah. But um, so they so run and they trash their house. They run and they trash they the nerds' trash house. They absolutely it. destroy the nerds' house. And then, like, and again, like as I watch this, I'm thinking, how how would the police not have jurisdiction for I this? Mean. This is breaking and entering, destruction of property. Like this is seriously like there is no way that they shouldn't at least be. Like on trial, I mean something. Even if their rich lawyer gets them off, right? You know, but like it's 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 nobody calls the cops. So so basically, Gilbert angrily goes like over like to this because now it's the pep rally for homecoming, which this whole thing was all like leading up to before, you know, and like the the football team's being introduced and what have you, you know, by the coach. And they toss Gilbert into the yeah. They basically toss him in the fountain and like, what are you going to do about it? Nothing, you know, and like, but like. But he goes over and grabs the mic angrily, like, and they're they're gonna go beat him up, you know. And basically, he's like, "Let me talk." And that's when the the, the rest of the Lambda chapter. Well, wait, before that happens, the dean uh, dives in and says, "You know, don't touch him. You don't you you know because the the coach is basically like." Yeah, he's like asserting. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's swinging like his almost, dick around. Yeah, and, he's almost yeah. hurting him at this point, and he's like, "You don't touch that boy." And he's like, "What are you gonna do about it?" And he's like, "And you know," and they're actually tussling, and that's when. The lambdas pop in, right? And the, and the lambdas show up, and it's like, you know, basically, it's like, oh, uh oh, the dangerous black people are here to, yes. to save our lives. Uh, you know, but the music sting is funny. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, it is. But it is again, like, and then Gilbert gets the mic and he delivers this impassioned plea about, like, basically how nerds have been persecuted their whole life. And let's be honest, this is the root of every stupid fucking GamerGate, MRA, yep. Reddit, yep. 4chan yep. bullshit story. Yep. Ever like oh we're a persecuted minority. There's so many of us, but you know like but everyone persecutes us, and it's like I, like looking at this under the fucking you know like post again post GamerGate you know like the the world that we live in now where there's fucking superhero movies and Doctor Who and Walking Dead and comic book a- adaptations everywhere and just 
the just like the nerdiest shit is mainstream pop culture because nerd like our definition of nerd is really just a consumer yep. when you get down to it yep. and it's actually frustrating like to me like hearing this because this movie feels like it feels like the beginning of like this foolish notion that somehow nerds are an underclass of society you know as opposed to just socially awkward people mm-hmm. you know like there are plenty of people who are picked on when they were younger I was picked on when I was younger a lot. I was picked on a lot. But like it, it like this movie just wants wants this to be like you're it's it, there's nothing heroic about being picked on. Right. That doesn't make you a good person automatically. They were you know? trying to say something about bullies, but it didn't work. It didn't work because it wasn't it because because again, they were bullies too. This right. your your dumb dick comedy, your titty comedy is not where you put so, this on. So this movie basically ends with you know, uh, Gilbert making this impassioned speech. I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. And nerd. Then, and then, nerd, Gil- and, then nerd. Uh, and then Lewis comes up and he says, you know, anybody else who's ever felt, you know, stepped on, picked on, you know, put down, you know, all this stuff, stand up and come up here with us. And basically the entire crowd comes up except for the football players and the, and the coach. And that's when the dean delivers this point where he's like, um, since, you know, your boys trashed their house, I'm going to let them live in the Alpha Beta house. Uh, which is essentially the old freshman dorm. And he's like, well, where are my guys going to live? And he says, your jocks go live in the gym, which is like, you know, sweet justice, uh, you know, to the alpha betas yeah. uh, because they're horrible too. So everybody's horrible in this movie. And then we hear, we are the champions, Queens, we are the champions. And uh, Freddie Mercury, um, I think, you know, going forward, probably rolls over in his grave every time he hears that song <laughs> yeah. played for this movie. Well, you know, and, and sadly he was still alive. At this I know, point. that's what I'm saying. Not sadly he was still alive. It'd be great if he were still alive yeah. now. But um but yeah, so um, that's yeah, that, that's the, the end of the movie. But like before we wrap it up, there's a couple of little things to tie up because we yeah. watched we watched some deleted scenes, yeah, and okay. and some I, other I, little facts. This is going to be a little hard for me to. You, you're going to have to take point on this because it's actually. Oh, I'm just, like, there's just three little side notes. Well, the one that you know that's going to like make my heart just want to vomit. So you go for it. Well, I don't know. Like, uh, oh yeah. You know so, what I'm oh, about. you mean the third one that uh-huh, I put up here? Okay. Uh-huh. So the, the, there's several, but like the only three that stuck that really stood out is. There is a, a deleted subplot, at, which gives a little bit of weird motivation, motivation to Stan's hatred of nerds, which is he owes a nerd money. Yeah. And he, this nerd is calling him at, at the party and threatening him. Yeah. Which is very strange, yeah. you know? Like, And then there's a scene that is just cringeworthy of, uh, of them in Daishikis coming to a Lambda, a, a Lambda convention. When they're still is, on probation. When they're still on probation. And it is... It is Oh my God, like uh, it hurt. But then the worst scene of all is first of all, we find out one, Gilbert Lowe is his name, but Gilbert Lowe is Jewish, apparently, even though he's played by Anthony Edwards. And, you know, but like he, but his uncle, he has an uncle Meyer who is clearly mobbed up. Yeah. And I wonder if his dad was then like killed in a mob hit. Been. Oh my god! Little, but like his, but his mobbed up uncle is also really hyper racist, and obviously he's meeting him at this convention, and he keeps dropping, I guess the for want of a better term, the S word, which is the Yiddish word for a black person. What's well, the Yiddish word for black? But it's used, but but it's 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 never used. It's not. It's a word that is never used nicely. No. It's not like calling someone black, where it's like there it, it can be a value neutral thing. It is always a derogatory term. Well, it's like using the K word for yeah, a exactly. person. Right. So, yeah. Clean? That's spelled with a C. Yeah, honey. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, it is it is repri-damn-hensible. It is so gross. But it is really interesting to see that Gilbert apparently has, like, this incredibly large trust fund and is connected to the mob. <laughs> you know? 
And other two, other two weird bits of trivia, and then like to wrap it up. One, uh, the, the 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 special edition also includes the pilot for the failed Revenge oh of the God, Nerds sitcom. Oh my god! Which apparently distills most of the plot points out of the movie. It's um, but it, it it's it's horrifying it's horrifying and, and terrible. Embarrassing it's and really bad. We watched the opening credits and about two seconds of it, just out of curiosity. And the only actor I recognize from it is I think the oldest son from Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> is yeah. it plays Lewis, uh, and oh my God, it's it's, it's real bad. It, it, what's funny is I found out that was that came out in 1991. Well, so back like like six seven years after the fact, we try to do this the, a, a nerds TV show, and then uh, apparently in 2006 they actually worked on a there was a there a, a reboot remake of Revenge of the Nerds was greenlit. But it was somewhere in the early daily phases when they, they basically the studio looked at it and said this is terrible and scrapped it. Good. So and and supposedly the studio has said they they have no plans at present for uh-huh. another Revenge of the Nerds movie, which is great. That's there great. were there was like several sequels to this done. There was Revenge of the Nerds two. There was some made direct to TV ones. I think I may have seen all of the Revenge of the Nerds properties yeah. at one point in my life, other than the sitcom, which I did not know existed. No. And. Oh God! This is a th- this is this is one of those things that just needs to go away. Yeah. It's like Crystal Pepsi, which is also coming back. No, just say no to this. There, nostalgia can be evil and awful. So, There's- so uh, this sort of is a great segue into me asking this question. So, John, was it was it worth revisiting? Absolutely fucking not. No, no one should ever watch this goddamn movie. This movie is so fucking hateful it's hateful across yeah. the board and even the fact that like people like john goodman and anthony edwards like do their best to to perform in it it's it's just a hateful movie in every way it's hateful yeah like it's it's i mean i joke about like like cobra being awesome but i know it's a morally reprehensible movie cobra has better morals mm-hmm. in this movie i would watch Fucking girls just want to have fun 16 times in a row before watching this again. It's the fucking worst. And so, Allie, what about you? Was it worth revisiting? No. And But I will say this. There are some pieces of this movie that um, <laughs> that I that I Lamar's do. rap. You just like Lamar's I rap. I do. I like it. Lamar's rap. It's the only rap you like, by the way, which makes That's you the most nice. racist person. That is no, I'm just so kidding. awful of you to say. Okay, that and Hamilton. Okay, just shh. So my yes, there's like I, I have to compartmentalize this the the fact that there's a movie that is around like little tiny pieces of this movie like little 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 snippets and the the rap is a good example of that that make me laugh. That is it. Other than that, like this whole movie could die a very painful death, and I would be like, see you, bye. Like I'll 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 wave you down because it's terrible and oh, it's it's, it's, it's so embarrassing bad. and awful and. Uh, I would just, no, no, I do not want to be showing this to anybody that I, uh, is coming up in the world in any way, shape, or form. So. I would literally like someone else to gouge my eyes out and skull fuck me than actually watch this goddamn movie. Yeah, it's pretty, it's just, ugh. So, I hate to On say that. On that cheery note. Well, but I was going to say, like, the, the, what, the one thing that I really appreciated about this is that it's a great example of a movie that you have this nostalgia for and you go back and you're like, whoa, 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 it does not work. And that's one of the reasons I really love our podcast because right. I feel like some of the things they do, but you, as you've brought up many times, the Ghostbusters movie, if you can just cut out the the, the ghost blowjob, the rest of the movie is great. And and as you yeah. aptly put, this whole movie is basically the ghost. To me, the Lamar rap is like 
Ghostbusters, and then the blowjob is the rest right. of the movie. Right. So it's like yeah, it's I, I get that, and like and yeah, and there there are movies that don't hold up from the eighties. Yeah. But there's interesting not holding up and being and just, just make, like like reprehensible. Like, I would yeah. I would go out on a limb here, and I, this is going to be a, a very hard thing to say, and you're probably going to give me a dirty look for it, but I don't think Goonies holds up. Yeah, you know, I was interested in maybe looking at that and seeing what we like, found I think, on I, that. I think, like, I think it's entertaining enough. Yeah. But I think it's like, it's like, oh, this isn't as good as I... Like, I remember thinking Goonies was, like, the best damn movie when well, I was a kid. Well, yeah. And, like, but I'm saying, like, now it's like, oh, this is a competently made... Like, the well, last time I watched Goonies, I was like, oh, this is pretty dated. And the other thing... Some, and, and there's a little... There, there, there's some problems in Goonies, well, too. Well, the problem, too, is that things were a little darker in that movie than we remember because... Everything was darker in the 80s than we remember. So much... So many more under... We, we used to call it the underbelly of the 80s. Yeah, the dark underbelly of the 80s. 80s I used because, to blog about that. Yeah, because like, there really is some darkness that, like, you like don't. Back have, to the Future has like you, know, like, you don't have latchkey like, kids the way you had them in the 80s. You don't yeah. have kids that could would come home from school, nobody's home. They're the ones taking care of things, taking care of the house. Like you wouldn't have that now. It's almost illegal, actually. It is leave. actually illegal in the state of Illinois. Yeah, to leave uh, like yeah. your eight-year-old home to, to without an adult. Themselves. Yeah, yeah it's just, you can't do it. So little things like that, where it's like, well, they're home. They're going to get into some trouble or. You know, the fact that they're being overtaken. Which right. Never... Well, like, again, like, and again, like, a lot of 80s movies were about homes that were basically on the edge of poverty, yeah. you know, like, on the edge of, like, failure, broken, disillusioned, sad, loveless marriages, things yeah. like that. Like, a lot of comedy, like, comedies that were largely aimed at kids had that undercurrent yes. behind them. You know, and we just like, accepted it because that's what yeah, it like, was. Again, Back to the Future is a prime example. Like, like I had forgotten, I had, like, I watched Back to the Future about, like, seven or eight years ago for the first time in like 10 or 15 years before that. And I was like, holy shit, I forgot how dark the first one was. You know, and like, yeah, the second one has a dystopia in it. But yeah. like, but like the first one, like literally it's like his, his, you know, his brother like is like. He's working at McDonald's. His brother's working at McDonald's. And his brother is like, you know, like 35 years old or yeah. something. You know, his sister's a failure. Like his parents are in like a relationship where they they're, they're not really that deeply in love yeah they're, yeah it's like it's it's sadness but anyway she has a drinking problem like it's yeah there's crazy. yeah it's really bad anyway but like yeah and all the movies had that but like yeah they don't hold up as much no like the whole point being that like there are movies that don't hold up but right. this movie is beyond like not, not holding, holding up. up that was yeah. a long cul-de-sac to get to this good job but buddy. like this is this is beyond not holding up and into actually this is amoral and yeah like again Cobra's amoral but at least it has the decency to be stupid and violent right. this movie is just it's like it's supposed to be a laugh a minute fun ride yeah. and it's oh it just does not it's not it doesn't hold up humor wise no. and it's more it's it's morally disgusting you know, on, so on that note, on that note, finally, hey, if you want to talk to us about how, no, seriously, it's a great movie. Well, fun, one, you can fuck off, but two, <laughs> you can you can tell us that uh, on Twitter at, at MMIS podcast or um, or, uh, you know, you can tweet to one of us, tweet to one of us at uh, Ali underscore Goodman That's or A-L-I underscore Goodman, A-L-I underscore Goodman or, or at Hitler Puncher. Right. Um, or you can email us. At matchmadeinspace at gmail.com. Um, we still don't have a Facebook group page thing or whatever, but, you know, maybe we'll do that sooner or later. Um, yeah, you we know. Have website. You we have a website. We have a website, matchmadeinspace.com, or you found us on iTunes. Um, hey, if, you, if, you're, if you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, or even if you're not, by all means, come, come rate and review us. Yeah. You know, like, just, just spread the love. You know. Share us. 
Love uh, us. Unless you don't like us, then, then fuck you. <laughs> we, may, we may lose some followers after this episode. Because, I don't man, think so. Most people don't like Revenge true. of the Nerds. I think Revenge of the Nerds is a movie that has outlived its time. Probably true. You know, and so anyway, like much like this podcast, <laughs> but we'll we, but, still be, but we'll still be going on. So thanks for uh, listening to this extra long episode of A Match Made in Space. Oh, yeah. and, uh, oh it's uh, not, extra long. That's not long. Anyway, this is um, from our 25th episode. Uh, this is A Match Made in Space signing off. Adios. <laughs> I hate you. I hate me too. Thank you.